I am a socialist. Come on, man. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is November 18th, 2020. This is episode 267. And today, autocratic scientism. That's right. It's the real deal, folks. And uh, you know me. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus. We love you. Learning to love ourselves. And we're praying for our enemies. Although they're creeping up on you, Basil, you have completely transformed into... Reptilian frog, Sauron, double eye. I've done it. I've done it. However, it seems like my uh, completion of becoming a reptilian elite uh, got a little squirrely somewhere along the line there, and one of my eyeballs came in sideways. So nice. I am the the least beautiful reptilian overlord. Uh, you know, in addition to Kamala Harris, uh, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and creepy Joe Biden smelling your your year uh, yes we have an addition to your little mix match thing going Ooh. on over there and that Who's is there uh, now uh, yeah it's uh it's a uh, mr klaus klaus schwab klaus schwab yeah oh, he's uh gotta love that guy klaus schwab uh what is he he's the the chairman or the head of the imf he's the guy who said we did a great reset <laughs> to save all the people well, he's going to be popping up later on in the show. Some interesting things about that guy. Uh, not only is he the world's uh, most quintessential Bond villain, um, but uh, he's also probably the elite of the elites, or at least he's trying to get there. He's, we'll talk about him a little bit further on. He looks like Dr. Evil. Some, you know, the way he dresses and like the lighting sometimes. It's well, just... that's the funny thing. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, hey, he's, a, he's a bald, he's an old bald guy and that's okay. <laughs> but, but his, his dress is like, he's trying to dress from the future. He's literally trying to dress like a Bond villain. <laughs> All right, Klaus, get, get back down there, buddy. Get back down there. Chill get out a little your, bit. Go to your home, Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> go wow. home, Klaus. Well, I, I said it in the pre-stream, and I'll say it again. Something is going on where my VR headset is fogging up like crazy. It's, so it's your googly eyes, man. It's or oh, not your googly that's eyes. That's what it is. Reptilian eyes. It's it's really just uh, it's a whole new world for you. <laughs> Dental Bean in the chat says your eyes give me flashbacks to when my son was born. Is your son a lizard? What? Wow. Hope hope your son never sees this stream. Oh my god. Low on the self-esteem pole there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm actually having a, a lot of problems. If somebody out there is looking for something to pray about, I have some sort of ear problem in my Uh-oh. right ear. I will say, for those who caught last episode, I don't have gout. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you have gout in your ear. I don't have gout. I don't think that's how gout works. <laughs> no, but, but still. I, I do have like a, I think it's like an ear infection or something coming on. So uh, my right ear is completely stuffed up and swollen and only slightly painful. But uh, it's just going to keep me, you know, keep me on my toes for the show. Um, although everything is slightly quieter. Well, that's not a problem for you anyway. Yeah. 
I know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, what's going on with you? Anything new? Nothing new, really, other than, you know, lack of sleep, poopy diapers, all that. Bitcoin going up. A lot of people mentioning Bitcoin in the chat. Yeah, I had, yeah, a, little, well. had a little pump yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And then it crashed to $17,500. Crash. <laughs> uh, I think this is the beginning of a, about a two-year bull market, but we'll see. In the meantime, um, I do want to just mention, uh, as usual, we will not discuss the election situation in, in these episodes here, uh, but I do want to touch on a couple points here. Did you see the uh, OANN? Report it was like going viral uh, about how no. well there was just some um, it, it was it was the rumored stuff about the U.S. Army taking down the uh, servers in Frankfurt for the Skittle. Oh yeah, it's not called Skittle by the way. I think it's called something. The, the guy was pronouncing it, and I was like, oh, we called it Skittle. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's like Sky Sky Toll or something. I don't know. Anyway, Sky, I don't know. Skittle sounds cool. I know Skittle sounds better. Um, the other thing, uh, basically, what they were saying is that Trump. One, if you look at those servers with like 410 votes or electoral mm-hmm. votes, and you know, they have a map that shows California going red and a few other states going red. Yeah, which is pretty suspicious. Uh, yes and no. I, I mean, just living in California, I know there's a lot of Democrats here. I get it. But I mean, maybe it's just where I am, but it's really red like it's well it is where you are i know orange county is notoriously the reddest part of california it is and and if you uh, you know the locals that have been paying attention to the last few local elections similar Mm -hmm. things have happened to this election where like the republicans are way in the lead and then overnight you know they start celebrating even and then overnight the democrats take over like you know thousands of votes come in or whatever and then they right they're you know labeled the winner the next morning so it's it's a very familiar thing, but you know I, I kind of doubt the California thing too. Although I'm not surprised, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest with this election, just because so many people are leaving California, and a lot of them are, uh, you know, uh, looking for a new way. I think, especially yeah. in the bigger cities where they notice there's a noticeable thing happening with the homeless and the poop on the streets and all that. Right. Um, I can I can imagine people are voting differently, but who knows. Well, to be fair, I mean, the only reason I'm only going by precedent is the only thing that gives me doubt that California, you know, would go or has gone or whatever. Uh, Red, I I literally am pretty much not going by any evidence, just by uh, history on that. So, but who knows? Who knows? But I mean, that is, if there's anything to be sort of questioned about uh you know the the alleged military raid and everything like that uh california going red was sort of the most unbelievable part right yeah i mean it it is crazy you know what people have been moving out of california maybe that's that's kind of my thing even if it did go red would we ever know probably not they're they're not gonna they're not gonna let go of california yeah, that's um, a good point. And plus, you know, you got a lot of, uh, well, at least in my area, there's a lot of like Chinese immigrants, and mm-hmm. I don't think they can vote. So they're not oh. the ones voting. Yeah, um, that's interesting. The other thing to mention was uh, uh, just, you know, real news about it was some of the flash drives that were found, I think, in a couple of counties in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the total of that is almost 6,000 votes. So what are we, three weeks in, over three weeks into the after the election? And now they're finding flash drives with votes on it. Very suspicious. 
whole thing is yeah. very two bizarre. weeks but yeah still yeah, two weeks okay um oh my gosh i can't believe it's already been two weeks i know it's qu- i mean we're almost we're past the halfway point of november I mean, we're yeah we're charging towards december and the great reset and the dark winter it's, it's all coming <laughs> oh um the other thing to mention was the firing of chris krebs of sisa c-i-s-a yeah. uh you know this is interesting because chris uh krebs tweeted this out on the 14th of november quick election security disinfo debunker Election-related servers were not recently seized in Europe by the U.S. Army, contrary to hashtag disinfo rapidly spreading across social media. Don't buy it and think 2x before you share. And he shared the screenshot of uh, AP, the Associated Press. AP's assessment, false. Both the Army and Skittle told the Associated Press the claim is not true. Furthermore, Skittle does not have offices or servers in Frankfurt, Germany. And I was one of many <laughs> who said in that, that thread, uh, I said, so you don't have emergency backup centers in Frankfurt with the screenshot from the Skittle website where it says, <laughs> where it says, uh, as well as emergency backup center in Frankfurt. So yeah, nothing to see here. Just, uh, gotcha. yeah, I mean, it's, if you're going to say, if you're going to make claims, at least check their website. You know, yeah. just so you don't look like a fool. Uh, well, that's the thing. They don't do it. They don't want to check their website. They're not interested in facts. They're just interested in, you know, putting out whatever propaganda the uh, the company wants to put out. Yeah. And but he got fired. And uh, I would like to think that I had something to do with it, but I probably didn't. I think it was just the collection I think of you people. Did. You think it was my tweet? I think you, yeah, I think it was your tweet that did it. And uh, sweet, you better go into hiding. Well, this is this is why. Well, uh, we'll get to it later. This is why I'm no longer Japanese Asian person of color. Apparently, we'll we'll get to that story. Um, but that's about it. With I, I don't want to mention anything else. I, there's not much else. Uh, Ron from formerly Eight Chan uh, released some stuff about the markers and why they needed to do that, but. Uh, you know, just an important point because this is uh, this episode is titled "Autocratic Scientism." Mm-hmm. You know, the a vote is not going to really change the uh, the overall operation taking place here. This uh, globalist scientific dictatorship, and uh, although we did see in Denmark there was some uh, some progress, I think they backed off on some of those crazy laws that they were putting in. About you know arresting people and physically detaining them if they are suspected of tef- testing positive and stuff like that. So you know there is some precedent there in terms of how we can push back. But man, I feel like there's a- too many people in the United States that are just like, oh yeah, yeah, just listen to the science. The science yeah, is the truth. Thing. I don't know. Although if that uh, big red map is to be believed, that was <laughs> leaked or apprehended by the army, uh, then who knows? You know, that's the problem. It's just the you know people are basing the majority uh, ideas off of the mainstream media. Yeah, and so you know, obviously that's part of the problem and part of the reason we do this show. Yeah, um, just because you see it on the mainstream doesn't actually mean that the majority of people believe it it may feel that way but uh i don't know i'll i'll have to uh i'll start polling i think what we're in is a crisis of uh like uh, in terms of information a crisis in trust you know in epistemology where do you get your knowledge 
Of course. And uh, of course. I mean, that's always been the case, but it's just very blatantly clear. That is the dividing line. But uh, yeah, that's about it for the election stuff. I, I think there's, uh, are there any adjacent election stories today? I don't think there are, but I mean, no. it'll, it'll, it might creep into something here. We got there. more important things to talk about, guns. <laughs> okay. Yep. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, folks, the moment you've all been waiting for is the Flippy update. And for those who don't know, maybe it's your first time uh, watching the show, listening to the show, the Flippy update um, is, uh, well, it's about Flippy. It's the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a proxy conversation to talk about how robotics and AI are taking over the world and what we can and cannot do about it. This is, uh, I'm going to take this article, Guns, from uh, dailystar.co.uk because they really get into it. There is a a video um, over on New York Post, but I'm going to be reading from the Daily Star here. I will will play the video in the background, so it's it's playing, but you go ahead and do it. Sounds good. The article is titled Bizarre Hand-Holding Robot Sounds, Smells, and Even Sweats Like a Real Woman. Eh. Oh, no. Loneliness has become a serious social issue in Japan. We're going to Japan, Gons. Man, it's been like the last three flippy updates are all from Japan, as it should be. Loneliness has become a serious social issue in Japan, prompting robotics researchers to develop everything from humanoid robots to furry cybernetic seals for isolated people to interact with at home. And of course, sex robots are becoming ever more sophisticated and realistic in an attempt to replicate the special intimacy that adults can enjoy in the privacy of their own bedroom, or as long as the curtains are drawn the lounge. But robotics researchers at Japan's Gifu University went further, building a device that simulates going for a long, leisurely walk with a loved one. The researchers Koshira Shiraki, Toru Natsumata, and Moeka Miki, and Takeru Mushika say, quote, for some people, finding a girlfriend is very difficult. Oh. And so they set out to create a way for lonely young men to, quote, experience holding your girlfriend's hand more easily than finding a girlfriend. <laughs> Probably cheaper, too. For now, like the majority of sex robot manufacturers, the scientists have decided just to emulate a female companion. In a recently published paper entitled My Girlfriend in Walk, the team published designs for a sophisticated robotic female hand that grips, moves, and even sweats like the real thing. Uh, A complex elbow-mounted this is the crazy part, an elbow-mounted sliding rail mimics uh, that push and pull when the person you're holding hands with slows down or speeds up slightly, and the and the vice is even paired with a smartphone app that plays the sounds of a woman's footsteps and the rustling of their clothes as they move. Oh, man. I can't tell if this is funny or just sad. The pliable skin, in quotes, is heated to human body temperature and pores release liquid from a reservoir inside uh, to get that reassuringly sweaty feeling. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, it's the video <laughs> playing in the background there. 
The device is scented with a subtle perfume that is supposed to replicate the mixture of soap, soap, shampoo, and cosmetics you might smell with uh, while walking with a real live human woman. The team says part of the impetus behind the invention is to provide comfort for those who might be living isolated lifestyles during the coronavirus pandemic and give them more of a reason to get some fresh air and exercise. While that might seem a touch eccentric to many, the growing hikiko hikikomori trend in Japan where young people lock themselves away indoors without ever going out suggests that there might just be a market for this strange looking invention. So there you go Gons. They're not you know, they're not just taking our jobs or enslaving our children but they are holding our hands when we get lonely. Uh, What do you think? I'm just picturing these Japanese people getting all excited. By the way, the video shows lips like these sort of prosthetic lips like thingies. Okay. Which is weird. Well, I thought we we're talking about hands. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they show lips too. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, just to note, I have a cousin who actually suffered from the hikikomori. Oh. Um, he has, I literally think he's never left his house for like, I don't know, close to 40 years or something. Oh my gosh, 40 years? Yeah, like he doesn't have a job, doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't have a girlfriend or anything. Um, yeah, pretty sad. Huh, that's very it's, interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a phenomenon out there in Japan, but uh Do you know what the thinking is behind it? Just don't want to bother with human beings and A lot yeah, play a lot of people games all day. Yeah, it's kind of like uh they get discouraged from society and so they right. they just retreat into their hole their room or whatever. And then that's it. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but this whole thing, um, I'm not surprised this time. The thing that's really bizarre is like, are they going to commercialize this or cause it looks pretty janky right now. Like the, yeah, like the well, pictures this they is, got. Yeah. This is like their prototype, but they really thought of everything. <laughs> I mean, from attaching it to your elbow to simulate the like push and pull of uh, somebody holding your hand. I will say in that picture, it looks a little big for a woman's hand, but you know, that's okay. You know, there's some big handed uh, ladies out there and there's nothing wrong with that, but the sweatiness, they are really trying to get this, uh, perfected. I I wonder if you have a little, uh, you know, a little dial. You can turn up the sweatiness, turn down the sweatiness. I bat, uh, the, the hand looks like, I mean, the creepiest. I mean, it, it's creepy. At least do some prosthetic, <laughs> you know, uh, color it. Maybe skin color would help. It's a prototype, Gons. Yeah. It's a prototype. You just wait until those... Uh, UI designers, the user experience designers get their hands on it. That thing is going to be just beautiful. Chef's kiss to this robotic woman's hand. Is this like the Adams Um, family? There you go. Remember the Adams family? Wasn't there like a a hand that just walked around? There was a hand. Yep. That's yeah. That's what you called it. But, you know, and this, this again, I've been bringing up the sort of philosophical context of the gaze, just the, uh, the, the, the sort of 
not metaphorical, but the sort of ethereal concept of being watched or having uh, another presence with you and what that does to shape your experience. Um, They really put a lot of energy into making you think that you're really holding a hand. Uh, And it's this is almost a cyborg thing. I mean, the fact that it's it's technically a wearable you know, mm-hmm. this is not just an autonomous robot that'll, uh, you know, you can interact with and it can follow you around. This is literally attached to your elbow. I think this technically counts as a wearable, um, probably eh, the most concerning wearable we have. But soon you'll be able to just build it, you know, connect it right to your elbow joint to the bone. And uh, it'll be your your own cyborg companion. But it can't possibly truly mimic. Like a you know holding a real person's hand can't possibly guns. I, I mean, can't possibly. Are you doubting the the abilities of human beings to well recreate yes. all sorts of uh, uh, experiences? Well, yeah, because usually a hand like that that you're holding is connected to a body and connected to a face with a head and a brain and I a human I heart. And you know what I, I don't mean? know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Never there you mind. Go. That's the flippy update. Watch out, folks. Yeah. Okay. Some updates here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33 is the number of completion of the great war. 33 is the Illuminati dog whistle. And here on WFAA.com, 33-year-old Frisco woman joins Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine trial because she's 33. That's, that's the reason why she's doing this. <laughs> They're literally just reporting the age of a woman. Uh, it, there's no point to really mention it, but yep. I mean, that's literally, there's no story here. It's the headline. Wow. There's a video, this I guess. It's just of her getting talking. more blatant and blatant. Yeah. So, yeah. 33 year old Frisco woman joins Pfizer COVID 19 vaccine trial. That's it. You play the video, it's just her saying, I'm a woman and I'm 33. <laughs> I'm 33. And I'm joining yeah, yeah. the Pfizer COVID 19 trial. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. Covering one eye. And then she wow. like turns into a lizard and crawls up the wall and disappears. Yeah, and then um, she says, okay, if you're not in the Illuminati, you have to stop watching this video. Okay, turn it <laughs> off now. Okay, okay, now it's just my lizard overlords. Okay, <laughs> let me relay the message. Sure, sure. Uh, along those same lines here, this is uh, Duny A News or Dunyan, DunyanNews.tv. It's a Pakistani outlet. Pakistan reports t- 2,050 new coronavirus cases. 33 deaths. Woo! There you go. Classic. Yep. Uh, I wonder if you know, I've been seeing a lot of um, 2030 new cases, 2045 new cases. It's almost like they're, they're dog whistling part of the year. They want to, you know, get to in terms of some of their goals or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm noticing that as well. You know, regarding the video of the woman um, that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. You should play that video with sound on real quick. Okay. I'm 33 and I'm generally pretty healthy. (laughs) It literally, the whole story is that this woman is 33 years old. (laughs) The first two seconds is her saying she's 33. That's, uh, yep. Um, Yeah, I don't know. 
there you go. There it is. Okay. More 33 updates. Again, we don't know exactly what it means, but uh, it has been uh, pretty convincingly been explained as the, uh, you know, Illuminati dog whistle uh, messaging, hiding in plain sight type of thing. And you can often connect uh, stories that, uh, you know, really... Uh, make a big deal about the number 33 to either some big event now or something coming or you know something like that so we like to keep track of it yep moving on here we got uh, a birthday to report we got producer birthdays later but Ooh. Uh, right now this is a uh, united nations happy 75th birthday unesco Ever since the adoption of its constitution in November 1945, UNESCO has been working for peace through education, science, culture, and communication. And uh, they have a little screen, a little thing here that says, Since wars begin in the minds of men and women, it is in the minds of men and women that the defenses of peace must be constructed. And uh, if you are not familiar with uh, Aaron and Melissa uh, over there on Truth Stream Media, they have a documentary called The Minds of Men, where they expose the entire cybernetic apparatus. And uh, it was actually Melissa who sent me the book called UNESCO that was written by Julian Huxley. Julian ah. Huxley is the, uh, he's the man who played a leading part in the creation of UNESCO, the pamphlet he published on taking up office unesco its purpose and its philosophy aroused impassioned but constructive controversy at the time and um of course julian huxley the brother of aldous huxley who wrote the book brave new world so Mm -hmm. they're all sort of telling us what this is this entire scientific dictatorship uh apparatus this autocratic scientism that uh we're facing nowadays with you know believe the scientists or else and yeah so happy birthday unesco good Aww. job good congratulations job to 75 you're you're i guess they're trying to you know make it all happen before he turns what what where are we at so 80 uh, 90 100 i don't know they got goals what i don't know like, i'm trying to do math and i couldn't because i'm no longer asian oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later uh next up if this wasn't creepy enough, I'm hungry. Oh, before we do that, we got this one. Drone strikes have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. And this quick update is from uh, Forbes.com. Beyond Smart Cities, how drones and robotics revolutionize building inspections. So, uh, now, there's a company called H3 Dynamics, a cloud-based inspection service platform. They're going to use drones and ground robots as the eyes and ears of engineers currently grounded by the pandemic and long hampered by last century norms. Last century norms, Basil, just out the window. Uh, I hate last them. century norms. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is it's going to get to the point where these robots and drones are going to be flying around making sure everybody is complying. This is like the first step here, building inspections. You know, they're like, 
Got to make sure everything's on the up and oh, up. Oh, yeah. It's not just about COVID compliance. No. It's, why, why would you send a human being out to uh, inspect a, a new construction site when you can send a little drone? Especially because of the Rona, you know? I mean, no, yeah. who, who can go outside in these crazy times? I hear you. Yeah. So just, you know, something to keep in mind. We want to keep track of the drone stories that are out there. Now we can go to drone pilots. It's a good career. Kids (laughs) get good at driving those little suckers. Yes. Uh, Now we can get to the food story. I'm hungry. And melt those babies. This is is metro.co.uk. You can now eat human steak. Scientists insist it's not cannibalism. What? Oh yeah. Here's a, I'm going to read some of this here because yeah, it's, it's read worth me. It. What is this? It says if you're feeling a bit peckish, why not have have a nibble on a meat grown from your own body? Scientists and designers from the U.S. have created a grow your own steak kit, which uses human cells and blood to pose a question to the cultured meat industry. The Ouroboros steak. Oh, no. Named after the ancient Egyptian snake that eats itself, can be grown from cells scrapped from the inside of your cheek and fed serum from old donated blood. While the steak is currently just a prototype, the, the designed uh, and designed as a thought provoking piece of art, it is a real piece of meat grown from human cells. Oh, my gosh. And it goes into some of the. You know, the stuff there. Uh, I like how it's, uh, it's not cannibalism. Scientists say. I know, that's what I'm saying, man. These, just everything scientists say, we just have to believe it because scientists <laughs> say it on headlines. But I mean, uh, uh, this is pretty crazy and creepy. I mean, yeah, this is like beyond yeah, soil green. Man. This is like. It's been a while since we've uh, hit the. The, uh, you know, manufactured meat, meat stories here. Um, but this is a kit you can get. Is it available now? I think it's just, just a prototype. A oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> your friend, you're going you're gonna to give it as a gift to your normie <laughs> friends or something? That like, would be a pretty funky Christmas gift to give. But uh, Here's your you know science. What? Yeah. If the- <laughs> Eat yourself, Ouroboros. Yeah, which that, that's wow. what's crazy to me is... Obviously, the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has all the markings. I talked about it in Age of Deceit 3, where basically the entire cybernetic system was set up with this type of thing in mind. It's, it, it's got its own loop that uh, basically is trying to capture us into uh, self def- self-defeat and self-destruction. But anyway, you know, just, just science, everybody. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's just science. Just science. This is a, yeah, you can now eat human steak and scientists insist. You can make it out of your own flesh. It's it's not cannibalism if you're eating yourself. It's not cannibalism if you eat your own hand. Oh, come on. I'm 33 and I'm generally pretty healthy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it's playing by itself. Is that you playing that video again? No, it started by itself. She just wants you to know she's 33. I thought you were making a, uh, I thought you were clipping it for an ISO or something. It's not a bad ISO. It is. I'm 33. (laughs) <laughs> and generally in pretty good health. Yeah, not a bad one. Okay, so all right. What's next? Next up, we have a quick update about a new world order. Can emerge. 
Now it's, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of world leaders and uh, we saw, who was it, Trudeau talk about the New World Order and uh, the whole deal in the last episode. Now it's Modi's turn from India. TheHindu.com cities need a reset as pandemic mm. exposed frailties. Prime Minister Modi. And, uh, oh, I should have highlighted it. Oh, here we go. He said, quote, post the world wars, the entire world worked on a new world order. Mm. New protocols were developed and the world changed itself. And now uh, he says that um, uh, these opportunities come along with a vibrant democracy, a business friendly climate, a huge market and a government which shall leave no stone unturned to make India a preferred global investment destination. India is well on its way towards urban transformation. So what's the story here? Just India getting on board with the great reset. But Modi is supposed to be like India's Trump. Yeah, no, not happening. No, he's all on board. He's all on board. The great reset, the new, he's part of the resilient, sustainable and resilient cities. uh, The whole deal. COVID COVID changes you, you know, it changes people's (laughs) minds. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the brain bug just as much as a, a lung thing um okay and next we have um we have this uh iso that we're going to start using we we you know we have this uh science is truth from fauci science is truth but he he upped his game last week we talked about it briefly now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> Good joke, Fauci. Just do what you're told. This is the New York Post.com. CDC urges people to avoid singing at holiday gatherings. No oh, singing, nice. Basil. So oh, no. I, I think I might, you know, bust into a tune just, just to defy. That is pretty crazy. I mean, that's pretty 1984. Just, you know, I, I get it. I don't need it explained to me, but have the govern having the government tell you that you can't sing is one of the craziest things you can, you can imagine. <laughs> you can't sing during Christmas, sheeple. Keep music levels down so people don't have to shout or speak loudly to be heard. Oh, my gosh. It, it's so, that is it's so crazy. elitist. Uh, it's absolutely crazy it's insanity just to say it i mean just like again i get the logic or whatever Whatever. i get their logic in their minds but just the concept of the government telling you you can't sing you gotta keep your music down basically the government is just a cranky old man you know what this is setting up for the all this don't sing don't shout all of it all mm-hmm. it's doing is setting up to silence podcasters. I'm calling it right now because what do we do? <laughs> podcasters. We sit here, we scream into a microphone. About yeah, how that's the, true. How we're being but taken it gives over. me a great idea for a new, uh, you know, a new category of podcast. Hey everybody. <laughs> welcome to the whisper cast. The whisper cast. We're just going to be whispering the entire podcast because the government and Fauci tells us to. <laughs> Because Fauci yelled. Now is the time to do what you're told. (laughs) No laughing, Fauci. I'm not going to. It is not going to surprise me when he comes out and says, don't laugh because (laughs) laughing laughing. sprays COVID everywhere. No laughing allowed. No No singing. No laughing. Do as you're told. Do as you're told and wear a mask. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The 
the mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. Yes. Okay, Batman. Foxnews.com. Pennsylvania government gov announces new COVID rules, including wearing a mask in your house. Inside your house, Basil. Wear your mask this in your is, house. This has been the Whispercast. Whisper <laughs> ASMR Whispercast. Wear your mask and Whispercast. Yeah. Pennsylvania is planning to take additional steps to address a sharp increase in coronavirus infections and hospitalizations, including requiring masks to be worn indoors with limited exceptions, officials said Tuesday. Who are these officials? And why should we trust them? <laughs> like, what? Who are these officials? Who's saying this? What, why? What? And why I, are I they just, so official? <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, even from a logical standpoint, like I know they're trying to make it sound like whatever, you, you should wear a mask because whatever, you're helping people, blah, blah, blah. But if masks worked as they were saying, then why are we having a spike? Everyone around guns, me is wearing masks. Guns, they make us wear the masks because we've destroyed the flu. The flu doesn't exist anymore. Right. The CDC admitted they're not even counting flu cases anymore for totally legitimate and scientific truthy reasons. Okay. The mask is just for the flu. Uh, not sure why it's not stopping COVID, but has completely destroyed the flu. But I just don't ask questions. You know, uh, whoever, that's not what this podcast is about. Whoever these, uh, these officials are i'm gonna call them greedy greedy dirtbags you greedy dirtbag <laughs> i just wanted you're to. just waiting for a place to <laughs> i, I was that. i was yeah. um, all right so wear your mask inside everybody at all times no singing no laughing no dancing yeah that's um, i mean if this at this point if it's not a muzzle for the people you know listen to the scientists put on a mask go inside don't sing I mean, yeah. that's just ridiculous. Mom with a sword and shield in the chat asked, how are they going to enforce that? And I got oh. one word for you. Drones. Drones, but also phone applications. Have you seen the, uh, uh, the app? Have you seen the, the commercial for the, uh, the people were sending it to us? What's the name of that movie? Songbird, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where you have the app and, and you know, uh, well, we got, we got an app story coming up here too. Well, there's already, yeah, the, the apps already exist. When does Songbird come out? I really want to watch that. I don't know, but basically the app will keep track of, you know, where you've been or whatever, the, the, the social distancing, whatever that stuff. But also uh, we do have a story in a moment here about um, an AI cough detection. We, we missed the story. It was a couple weeks old, but it was yeah, worth bringing Yeah, but it's up. more of the syndromic surveillance stuff yeah. uh, that we talked about last episode. So it's very good. But before that, Gons, mm -hmm. I got to tell you something very exciting. Oh, really? Now, Gons, yeah. yes. You uh, formerly, you were, a, you were our person of color. You hit yeah. our uh, diversity quota for the podcast. Yeah. Um, it was very helpful uh, for the censors to, to allow us through. Um, but unfortunately, Gons... That's all going to change. Yeah. D did you have a, I guess we don't really have a jingle for this, do we? I got one. But Son of a do? beasting. <laughs> okay. I'm taking this from notthebee.com just because I love the way they do things. Um, and the headline is titled, Welcome to the Club, Asians. Mm. Washington School District Reclassifies Asians as white people. Oh. Oh, no. The North Thurston. <laughs> it's got a funny name for a 
school district, the North Thurston Public Schools decided that Asians no longer qualified as, quote, students of color and instead lumped them in with white people. Welcome, Asians. On the plus side, uh, you get all that privilege. Oh, it says here, although I'm pretty sure you're all racist now, on the plus side, uh, you get all the privilege. We know about this reclassification from North Thurston School District's latest, quote, equity report, which, of course, they've now scrubbed from their website. When you click through the original links in the tweets above, you get this. This page was moved. Oops, where did it go? So I went to the trusty Wayback Machine and got lucky. There is only one capture for that link from Sunday, suggesting it was not up for very long, but long enough. And this is what I found. So uh, who did this? Uh, who is the author here? Uh, I don't know. But he used the Wayback Machine. And for those who don't know, it's a site that catalogs uh, pretty much the entire internet at uh, certain intervals. So you can go back and uh, well, do exactly this. When somebody wants to post something and then uh, hide it later, you can go back and get a, an earlier version of their website. Um, so, Gons, I don't know if you can show, I'm sure you're showing these images here. Yeah. It says, I knew that equity report link wasn't there before because I had checked that page and sure enough, it had dis been disappeared, at least initially. More on that later. But uh, not from the internet. The internet is forever. And I was able to click through a Wayback link and got the PDF. Ooh. And then they show the PDF here. Uh, you've, uh, it's a bunch of graphs, indicator and measure, baseline to current, all students, current uh, students of color, students of poverty. And it shows uh, just a ton of metrics on their um, students chopped up into all different kinds of categories. Well, not the students chopped up, but the data chopped up. Um, and the article continues, and now I know why they didn't want us to see this. Some surmise that the reason Thurston added Asians to the white population for purposes of this analysis was to increase the disparity with, quote, people of color as Asians statistically score higher than everyone else. That's probably true, but more than that, the PDF demonstrates that there is not that much difference between the races in most areas, but a lot of difference when looking at income disparity. Since the poverty rates of whites and newly christened Asian whites <laughs> are less than their share of the population and everyone else is the reverse, we can safely assume that race isn't the relevant metric here. That's what we're not supposed to know. It's not race, it's poverty, which is something we've talked about for a while, Gons. Yep. Uh, you know, this, uh, this whole thing going on in the U.S. and the world now, they're trying to make it about race, people of color versus uh, white people. Um, but when you actually look at the data, it's actually a, they're just rebranding classism. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a classist issue, uh, not a, a race issue. And in, in depending on the metrics, you know, um, but that's why, you know, you get the the conflicting data of, you know, well, more white people get shot versus uh, black people and et cetera, et cetera. But when you actually break down all this, the stats by uh, um, income and economic, uh, economic class, yeah. it's a much more clear picture. 
moving on. Looking for educational outcomes using race as a measure misses the point unless the point is to manufacture evidence of systemic racism. We can certainly have a separate argument about why certain populations, as defined by race, tend to have greater rates of poverty, but let's be honest about where the problem lies in terms of education. Quote, students of color struggling with academics don't benefit from critical race theory seminars for white teachers. They benefit from interventions that address their real problems, which is another one of those points that, uh, you know, you get in trouble for, which is no, 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 no. You got to make white teachers take uh, racial sensitivity classes. That way we can say we did something and we don't actually have to address problems uh, that students of color are, you know, having at home or economically or anything like that. Right. Um, moving on. Perhaps the greatest damage done to, quote, students of color is telling them through colorful charts that they are underachieving because of their race. That's the message, and it's evil. No wonder they tried to hide the evidence. It doesn't play well outside of academic circles consumed with woke virtual... Virtu- <laughs> they say virtual signa- signaling. Hey, we find uh, a, is that a typo on not the B? I don't know. It's kind of a typo, but also I kind of like the term. Yeah, maybe Woke it's- virtual... Vo- <laughs> Why can I not say it? Woke virtual signaling, not virtue signaling. And then there was a plot twist, Gons. Uh, Yeah, you thought you knew where this was going. But this morning, the equity report link was back on their about page. Only instead of the report, there was an explanation. Permit me to translate for you. Here's a block quote. Upon reflection and response by members of the Asian American community, translation, we got caught. We will change how we look at achievement data and appreciate the feedback we received. Translation, please stop emailing us. (laughs) We apologize for the negative impact we have caused and removed the monitoring report from our website. Translation, if you would like to review it, it is currently residing at the bottom of Puget Sound and cement blocks. We feel it is important to continue the practice of disaggregating data, so we make equity-based decisions. When we reviewed our disaggregated data, it showed that our district is systematically meeting the instructional needs of both our Asian and white students and not meeting the instructional needs of our Black, Indigenous, Multiracial, Pacific Islander, and Latinx students. Translation, we've learned absolutely nothing. (laughs) The intent was never to ignore Asian students as students of color or ignore any systemic disadvantages they too have faced. Translation, we won't tell you what the intent was, only what wasn't in ways that reflect well on us. We continue to learn and grow in our work with equity as a public school system, and we will ensure that we learn from this and do better in the future. Translation, seriously, stop, please stop emailing us. Perhaps more disturbing than anything, this explanation suggests that it wasn't for the reasons I outlined earlier that they attempted to remove all traces of it. That would require they have some self-awareness. No, they did it because they had annoyed a bona fide identity group, thus calling into question their woke credentials. Yeah, they, they really haven't learned anything. They hit it. So there you go, Gons. They hit it, not did it, but yeah. What did I say? You said they did it, but you know, they no. hit it, they did it, whatever. It doesn't they matter. Hid, they hid, they did. They hid, they hid the did. And, <laughs> they did the hid. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, part of me is like, I, who, I don't care, you know, but also, 
I know th- th- there's different Asian cultures, right? And there are some mm-hmm. Asians that are going to be all up in arms about this. Sure. You know, and how could you lump us in with those, those white nationalists, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, but then there will be other people that don't care as much. I, I feel like first off, where's my privilege check? I'd like my privilege check in the mail. Uh, yes. No, I have spoken with the council of white people and your check is in the mail guns. Great. That's, that's perfect. I will your use privilege that. card and uh, all the free money. Yeah. All the free money and the status. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I can finally, I finally made it. I made it mom. You get a pickup truck I've- and, uh, <laughs> a cool beer koozie. Can I, can I make a, can I do like the accent, the Southern accent and, and not be racist? You can, as a matter of fact, you can finally do a redneck accent. And, uh, you know, I know you were tired of people calling you racist as an Asian man. Um, <laughs> but now you're fine. I mean, they did used to call me a banana. That was that was <laughs> the called joke. You a banana. Uh, when I was growing up, they would call me banana because I'm yellow oh. on the outside, white on the inside. That was a joke. Oh, that's a very funny joke, yeah. but not anymore. Not anymore. It's not very woke. Nope. <laughs> the banana peel has come off. Yeah. And I'm Doctor Johnny Bananas. Okay. Is, is all you had to say about uh, that's all i had to say gans for a moment i think we technically i think the the decision did get reversed so i think you're still a person of color which i don't know how you feel about that but uh, it makes me feel good as a white person <laughs> i get to virtual signal um by doing a podcast with a person of color does it work both ways can white I, people nope. call themselves <laughs> asians now you know, because if no, you're blurring guns. that line, you know what I mean? If it's uh, who, who was that? Uh, who was the person that lady? Not not Elizabeth Warren and her uh, uh, the Indian Native American claims. But there was a it was some Democrat big wig who was claiming to be a black person. Oh, I forget. And she was totally white and she yeah. gave herself a perm. Yeah. And stuff. You know, yeah. Kamala Harris claims to be Asian. I. Well, she is Asian. Half no, Asian? she cl- she claims to be black. Well, she claims to be black, but she's half a- half Asian. If you're gonna, yeah, you know, the Asian thing is such a big. You, you're gonna ha- you label Indians well, people from Indian. India as yeah. Asians the same way they label people from, uh, you know, China, Japan, all all the, those areas is also Asian. Right. It's a pretty broad. What What were her parents? One was it? One of them was Indian. And- yeah, one of them is Indian, I think, and the other one was. Jamaican? I could be wrong about that. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway. She's got some. Uh, she's got some elasticity there. She can. She's got options. <laughs> she has options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it wouldn't matter if all of yeah. us. We're all going to have to wear masks. Go inside. Can't sing because we live in this pandemic special. A pandemic special. Artificial Woo! intelligence. You know, I do want to make a really quick point. Mm-hmm. We get copyright infringements once in a while. Or like um, all the time, like every episode for all, now. For all sorts of stuff. I don't think we've ever gotten one for using that pandemic special it's, clip. I think it's short enough. I think it's short think enough. So? Yeah, because it's that pandemic special clip is two seconds. Less, less than two I seconds. I see. I think two seconds is, it, I think it's 1.6 seconds. Well, maybe, um, maybe those that guys. That doesn't matter. Maybe those, the, I was going to give South Park... Uh, a credit for not getting us with copyright claims, but yeah. Well, Trey and what's the other guy's name anyway? 
I don't know. Um, okay, so this is the the actual website, World Economic Forum, the weforum.org. AI can detect, uh, detect asymptomatic COVID-19 infections in recorded coughs. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Asymptomatic people who are infected with COVID-19 exhibit, by definition, no discernible physical symptoms of the disease. They are thus less likely to seek out testing for the virus and could unknowingly spread the infection to others. Hasn't that been disputed by the, the uh, World Health Organization, one of the people there, and then they had to like backtrack on that, which is basically backtracking on science? Uh, which part? The part about how just, you know, if you're asymptomatic, then you can still spread the disease. Oh, yeah. It goes back and forth all the time. Yeah. The World Ho- uh, Hoax Organization. I like that. Yes. Thank uh, you, Bubble. Bubble Cass. Bubble, bubble, in the chat. Bubble Cass. Yeah. But it seems those who are asymptomatic may not be entirely free of changes wrought by the virus. Oh, and no. MIT researchers have now found that people who are asymptomatic may differ from healthy individuals in the way that they cough. These differences are not. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> a sick person coughing is different than a not sick person coughing. These differences are not decipherable to the human ear. Really? But it turns out that they can be picked up by artificial intelligence. Uh-oh. The extension of our overlords. The savior. The savior of all mankind. In a paper published recently in the IEEE Journal of Engineering oh, and Medicine nice to see and these biology. guys coming back. You know, I was going to mention that. The IEEE, we, we, we were like reporting on stuff on Canary Cry Radio as, you know, I think the first two or three episodes we were talking about the IEEE mm-hmm. because they were publishing all this futuristic, you know, technocrat stuff and right. nobody was paying attention to them. But, you know, I guess it's making its rounds now into the world economic forum. Uh, the team reports on an AI model, always AI models that distinguishes asymptomatic people from healthy individuals through forced cough recordings, which people voluntarily submitted through web browsers in devices such as cell phones and laptops. First off, Don't worry, you, it was completely voluntary. Oh my gosh. The researchers trained the model on tens of thousands of samples of coughs, as well as spoken words. When they fed the model new cough recordings, it accurately identified 98.5% of coughs from people who were confirmed to have COVID-19, including 10, uh, 100% of coughs from asymptomatics. Hmm. Whoa. Uh, who reported they did not have symptoms, but had tested positive for the virus. And there's a little chart here that shows the uh, detection accuracy. The team is working on incorporating the model into a user-friendly app, which if FDA approved and adopted by a large scale could potentially be a free, convenient, non-invasive pre-screening tool to identify people who are likely to be asymptomatic for COVID-19. A user could log in daily, cough into their phone, and instantly get information on whether they might be infected and therefore should confirm for a formal test. <laughs> cough into their phone. Hey, 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 bro. Hold on. Cough here. <laughs> cough here. That's yeah. a, you should, if you think that you have COVID and you're purposefully coughing onto your phone, I feel like there's some real uh, public health issues. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a mask on before you cough on your phone. Yeah. And don't let your anybody touch your phone because your phone is an extension of you. And now we That's can make steaks true. out of it and you can eat it. 
The quote, the effective implementation of this group diagnostic tool could diminish the spread of the pandemic if everyone uses it before going to a classroom, a factory, or a restaurant, says co-author Brian Subirana, a research scientist in MIT's Auto-ID Laboratory. Sub- Subirana's co-authors are Jordi Lagar- L- uh, what, what is that? LaGuarta and Farron Huito of MIT's Auto-ID Laboratory. Uh, vocal sentiments prior to the pandemic's onset. Research groups already had been training algorithms on cell phone recordings of coughs to accurately diagnose conditions such as pneumonia and asthma. In similar fashion, the MIT team was developing AI models to analyze forced cough recordings to see if they could detect signals or signs of Alzheimer's, a disease associated not only memory de- uh, with not only memory decline but also neuromuscular degradation, such as weakened vocal cords. The first, uh, they first trained a general machine learning algorithm or neural network known as ResNet 50 to discriminate sounds associated with different degrees of vocal cord strength. Studies have shown that the quality of the sound mm, can be an indication of how weak or strong a person's <laughs> vocal cords are. Oh, great. Uh, sorry. I'm picturing, you know, that, that anyway. That song with the mm. <laughs> uh, the Crash Test Dummy song. Mm. Anybody remember that one? No? Nope. Okay. Nobody. Subirana <laughs> trained the neural network on an audiobook data set with more than 1,000 hours of speech to pick out the word them from other words like the and then. I feel like I'm being tested as I just say this into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, what does this have to do with anything? I don't know. Just the, the training of the neural network, basically. You know, so I'm okay. not going to get into it. This is all science World Economic Forum. With their new AI framework, the team fed in audio recordings, including of Alzheimer's patients, and found it could identify the Alzheimer's samples better than existing models. Uh, when the coronavirus pandemic began to unfold, Subi Rana uh, wondered whether their AI framework for Alzheimer's might also work for diagnosing COVID-19, as there were growing evidence that infected patients experienced some similar neurological symptoms, such as temporary neuromuscular impairment. And blah, blah, blah. We're not going to have to go through this whole thing here. Uh, it says here, the team is working with the company to develop a free pre-screening app based on their AI model. They're also partnering with several hospitals around the world to collect a larger, more diverse set of cough recordings which will help to train and strengthen the model's accuracy as they propose in their paper quote pandemics could be a thing of the past if pre-screening tools are always on in the background and constantly improved oh gosh and that's it isn't it yep that is it right there that's it right there there's no need to uh test anybody or do anything we'll just have everybody's phone uh constantly uh, testing everybody's voice to see if they have COVID. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, this is a, a not again. They're going after podcasters. I'm telling you right now because we're because <laughs> we're we're sort of the, the you know the independent information reporting that's out there. Oh, they hate is it. Podcasts. They hate so it. So they have to go after podcasts, and they're going to say like, "Oh, Basil had the had the Rona back in 
you know, May of 2020. You yeah, can, you're right. That is interesting. It does allow for, again, for podcasts, you're being targeted. We're a targeted people group <laughs> because they can go basically back in time yeah. and see, you know, if we had it at one point. Luckily, see, this is where they uh, they messed up a little bit. You know, a good podcaster doesn't cough on air. No, there's, yeah, we got a, we have a, a mute, it's called the cough button. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually have a cough I don't either, button, but I, don't either. I should get a cough button now because it's for our own safety guns. Yeah. Ultimately, we they don't. envisioned that audio AI models like the one they've developed may be incorporated into smart speakers and other mm-hmm. listening devices so that people can conveniently get an initial assessment of their disease risk, perhaps on a daily basis. Oh, you yeah. know, the, the craziest thing about this cough thing too, and, and I'm just going off of their own premise, which is, oh yeah, we'll just use this to test people's, you know, symptoms instead of having to do all this other crazy stuff. Uh, you know, there's some places you go, they'll shoot you with the, the temperature gun, you know, make sure you don't have a temperature. They'll give you some hand wipes or something. But uh, if you're trying to get rid of all that and you walk into a store, ooh, oh, no, ooh, I almost, no, almost coughed, coughed and gave myself away. <laughs> <laughs> the show burps are back. Um, yeah. Anyways, just going back to how asking people to cough to see if they have COVID is, is, you know, no singing, no breathing, no joy, no dancing. But uh, please cough onto my phone here so I can see if you're sick or not. <laughs> yeah. Into my phone. Yes. And then, and then I'm going to dip it in acid. Well, that's see, that's the safe way to do it. You don't want to cough into your own phone. You want to cough into We all need to share a cough phone. That way, uh, you know, we don't we're not carrying our own germs around. Yeah. Well, anyway, that I thought it was quite ridiculous and uh, very, uh, you know, scientific dictatorship ish. Yeah, this will be built into the apps. Yeah, built into the. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that's really. Uh, we, we talked to. Um, well, I've been talking to Greg over at All About God, and we, you know, I've been mentioning how we need to rebuild the full stack of technology, which is difficult to do. But these types of apps are going to be built into the future models of iPhones and Androids and whatever. Uh, yeah. The golden era of like you know free iPhone, not free, but like less totalitarian style uh commercial phone products smartphone products i think mm-hmm. it's i think we're at the end of it i think in the uh like like my kids my children are probably going to have like garage made smartphones you know to just to be able to communicate with the world so that we don't have to have all these uh preloaded applications testing our every garage made smartphones oh yeah how are you going to get your hands on the blood minerals though gons well I'm not gonna. We gotta get some cobalt up in that garage phone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Need all of it. All right. Well, sounds good. Yep. You want to hear some other crazy stuff? Yeah, more crazy stuff. Cancel. Okay. This uh, is also a World Economic Forum story, but this is a different outlet here. Well, this is one that's been uh, floating around all over the place, and again, it's more self-censoring by uh, you know the big. Uh, autocrats that think that people agree with their crazy ideas for the future. This is from reclaimthenet.org. So take that for what you will. I don't know if I've ever seen reclaim the net. What is this place? Uh, do you want me to 
dig around here or defend yeah see what it is i don't know whose it is or what it is but the headline is world economic forum deletes tweet after backlash against its proposed dystopia if you're tired of cancel go that's not it power centers pushing a globalist agenda have plan have a plan called the great reset that critics fear would use the coronavirus pandemic and the uncertainty and fear around it as an opportunity to reshape the world in their own image but those behind the idea needed to do a little reset themselves and delete a video produced several years ago after messages from it like quote you'll own nothing and you'll be happy started trending on twitter resulting in a backlash imagine that critics think this future world might become a dark oppressive place despite those behind the great reset selling the plan as a way to improve the current system of capitalism so that issues like climate change can be tackled more effectively the idea came out of the annual gathering in davos switzerland organized by the world economic forum Uh, it's apparently been around for a while but to its authors, the global crisis currently taking place might look like a good time to promote uh, it to policymakers, but also reinvent and defend global <laughs> globalism. globalism. I, I got to give defend myself for a second here. I am pretty much entirely deaf in my right ear, ah. which is really kind of tripping me out when I'm you know, monitoring my own reading here anyways, but also reinvent and defend globalism, which has been shaken by the pandemic back in 2016. WEF published the video on this subject and still from it shared on. Oh, and stills from it shared on Twitter show one of the slogans that reads, quote, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You know, what's interesting, Gons. We actually reported back on this little thing of theirs. I think we, it was back before we were doing video, um, but uh, we, I think it was back in 2017, yeah. we reported on this, uh, this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it seemed kind of silly back then. It seemed yeah. like kind of a weird little silly thing. Oh, these crazy World Economic Forum people and their crazy ideas. But uh, as we know now, it's uh, closer than ever, or at least they're trying to get people to get on board with it. Anyways, to some, this sounds like someone in Davos binge watched Star Trek and thought it might be a good idea to attempt to transplant uh, the space opera's fictional tenets onto the real world. But others are concerned that dystopian and dispossessing people of their agency awaits at the end of the journey rather than any kind of utopia. It looks like the latter opinion is winning, at least among the online users where, quote, owning nothing by 2030 stuck entirely the wrong cord. That is their typo. It's got to be struck. Struck, yes. The WEF decided to delete the video that offered the group's predictions for the world by 2030, including the baffling message. Another prediction said that people would be renting everything they need and have it delivered by drone. Yet another said the U.S. would not be the leading superpower and that instead, quote, a handful of countries will dominate. And if I remember the video correctly, at the point where the words came up for a handful of countries will dominate, I believe it had a giant Chinese flag. Yeah, I we totally reported on this like 2017. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, uh, we did sort of a live, uh, I think it was pretty much just music um, with a bunch of crazy visuals. And uh, yep, I remember specifically reading all these uh, subtitles out loud to the listening audience. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how, they, I mean, it really takes some, uh, a, a, a tremendous lack of not just self-awareness, but awareness of like regular human beings living their day-to-day <laughs> lives you know this yeah. is uh just a complete misfire by those in power you know living in their their uh their own little utopias of wealth and power um and just think that people you know we don't we can't stand it really is child like they think of everybody as children yeah like oh these adults living in uh you know the the places that we rule they would much rather not have any responsibility they would much rather not to you know own any pesky items like a home or a car or food or medicine (laughs) (laughs) yeah or anything they would much rather just have us take care of them like children you know i will say that it's it's sort of good that because when we reported on it, we you know we were probably a, ha- a f- couple of uh, a people from a handful of people that were calling this stuff out for years, mm-hmm. and most people were like, "Yeah, whatever." I know. Don't worry they, about it. Was it was a laughable nah. notion. Yeah, but it's to the point now where people are really hearing about it, and they have to delete something from four years ago because <laughs> it's just you know it's a bad look, and most people are like. There's a complete backlash on it. So yeah. I guess that's a good thing. But, you know, as our, as we always say, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about small victories like that, but they're, it's just going to, they're just going back to the, the, you know, the drawing board. They're going to come back with a new method and it's going to, you know, it's probably going to be more tactical. Um, it's kind of like the elections, you know, if you want to use that analogy, you know, they mm-hmm. rigged. The, the the whatever the leftist globalist whatever you know they rigged the elections in 2016 but for whatever reason they didn't rig it enough maybe <laughs> so this time they're like we'll really rig it this time well that's and that's the funny thing about uh, you know normies who kind of just believe what they're told is like oh in 2016 the russians took over the election and <laughs> the, the we our elections were hacked and it was wild and then this year they're like no 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 our elections are perfectly safe there couldn't have possibly been any Anything concede, that would, concede now. Yes, concede now. How dare you say that the elections could have something wrong with them? That that could only happen in 2016. And I think uh, even Daddy Fauci came out and said, like, oh, you know, it's, it'll be better if Trump conceded now when we get started on a plan to get, you know, <laughs> Biden's agenda in there because yeah, mm-hmm. the lives are at stake. So anyway, this, this is mm. crazy, crazy world. It's, this is madness. Well, good job, Internet, for pushing back against the World Economic Forum here. Yeah, and I just looked up the Reclaim the Net, and they are a free speech, anti-cancel culture, and digital rights newsletter from the front lines of the Internet. So they are, uh, you know. Sounds fine. I guess we can support their cause here. Well, Um, I don't know about that, but I will read their stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, support it in in terms of at least, you know, I followed their Twitter. That's it's my, <laughs> okay. my way of showing support. Such for the support, Gons. 
<laughs> You're very supportive. Yeah. Okay, what's next? This is false. This is false. Oh. That will be Obama's calling cry here. This is the nationalreview.com. Obama's ridiculous call for speech police. You heard about this, Basil? You heard about this? You seen this? You seen this? Fun game. Imagine President Obama's litany of bitter grievances expressed not in the imitation of deep think of middle brow magazines and their compassion for good government, but in the somewhat earthier demotic, uh, demotic, demotic of his successor. Take this example from Obama's recent BBC comments to promote his third book on his favorite subject. This is a block quote here. There are millions of people who subscribe to the notion that Joe Biden is a socialist who subscribe to those to the notion that Hillary Clinton was part of an evil evil cabal that was involved in pedophile rings. I think wow. <laughs> I think at some point it's going to require a combination of regulation and standards within industries mm. to get us back to the point where we at least recognize a common set of facts before we start arguing about what we should do about those facts. Obama apparently classic Obama rhetoric. Yeah. Obama apparently referring to Facebook posts and other non-mainstream sources of information is saying that the United States should have a regulatory body empowered to stop anyone from publicly stating opinions with which he disagrees. Quote, Biden is a socialist or assertions for which there is no evidence. Hillary Clinton was involved in a pedophile ring. Well, there is some evidence for both, but let's be honest here. Yeah. What? Watch out, the speech police will come for you. <laughs> Obama's gonna gonna call me and say, "This is false," and I'll say, "You're singing, Obama. Why Stop are you singing? singing? Stop singing, Obama." Let's be honest here. What Obama is saying is crazy. Ooh. It's a triple layer cake of crazy with whipped craziness on top. He might as well tweet out, "Quote: We would win every election if it weren't for the fake news who will be dealt with." My new department of fake news blasters will shut him up forever. That does sound like a Trump tweet. It does. <laughs> it's crazy that Obama thinks the existence of a free press is, on balance, worse for his party than for Republicans. It's yeah. crazy that Obama, a former constitutional law lecturer, thinks there is some previously unnoticed truth clause in the First Amendment. It's crazy that he thinks his idea would pass muster with a judiciary that is, at the moment, more supportive of the free exchange of ideas than in any previous period in American history, especially given the current makeup of the Supreme Court. It's crazy that Obama thinks that Clinton narrowly lost her bid for the presidency and Biden narrowly won his because swing voters decided either that Biden is a socialist or that she is in league with pedophiles. It's also crazy that Obama hasn't noticed that uh, there are already, quote, standards within industries to limit the spread of information uncongenial to Obama's party revealed in Twitter and Facebook's publicly admitted efforts to stop the New York Post's reports about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from spreading a determined effort by mainstream media outlets to ignore or downplay the story and the startling admission by the editor of the New York Times that he removed accurate information from an already published story censoring on the sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden because Biden's campaign complained. Moreover, the examples Obama cites hardly make his point for him. There is as much evidence that Hillary Clinton was involved in a pedophile ring as there is that Donald Trump has been a Russian asset since 1987 but one of these fanciful theories languishes in the f- uh, fever swamps of the information ecosystem while the other landed the cover of New York Time, uh, New York Magazine and was asserted by a conspiracy theorist 
Jonathan Kite or Chite, whom Obama had previously legitimized by inviting him to the White House for an off-the-record chat. As for Joe Biden is a socialist, is he? True, Biden has never said, I am a socialist, come on, man. But neither has Trump ever said, I am a fascist. The former former idea enjoys little airing anywhere in the mainstream media. The latter has been asserted regularly in virtually every mainstream, mainstream media outlet and by Obama himself for five years. The heart of Obama's economic agenda is a version of the Green New Deal, which his platform labeled, quote, a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges we face. That proposal was in turn dubbed not a climate thing, but, quote, a how to, uh, quote, a how do you change the entire economy thing by one of its lead engineers, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's former chief of staff, Saikat Chakrabarti. The Democratic Socialists of America enthusiastically back the Green New Deal. If you propose ideas socialists find to be socialist, are you a socialist? <laughs> is that a ma- is that a matter at least debatable? Uh, Obama's proposal to have the federal government decree how, quote, we at least recognize a common set of facts is a childish notion typical of Obama in that it begs the question of what the truth is in the first place. The whole point of a free press is that a diverse range of voices gets uh, gets to hash out the questions of what is and isn't true. May the most convincing argument win. Donald Trump is currently the chief executive. Should he be able to appoint a head of a federal agency charged with identifying and punishing those who promulgate speech he deems untrue? Does Obama think any future Republican president should be entrusted with this power? Remembering that Democrats are not always in charge of the federal government should inspire Obama to notice that deciding what the populace may or may not hear is not friendly paternalism, but undistinguished authoritarianism. Undisguised. Oh, sorry. Undisguised authoritarianism. It's a deeply unserious plea, the sort of desperate brain blurt made by those who fear that the only way they can win an argument is by gagging the other side. For Barack Obama, who in his many plat, uh, platitude, what is it? Platitud- platitudinous. Platitudinous speeches never managed to convince the American people of any idea other than that they should vote for him. The self-serving nature of his latest outlandish proposal is pitifully clear. You greedy dirtbag! <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, well, you know, of course, on its face, it's very 1984 Ministry of Truthiness, uh, you know, feel to it, which is not a surprise. He's actually mentioned this before. This isn't um, sort of the new, this is not a new thing from him. But, you know, they bring up a a good point, which is, you know, a lot of people who... uh, really love this idea of just getting rid of all opposing viewpoints because, quote-unquote, it's not the truth. They're really only doing that because that serves them at this moment. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really the, the short-sightedness of people who uh, support this kind of thing really astounds me. Well, and you got to remember, too, Obama is the one that implemented or reversed the Smith-Mund uh, implemented the Smith Mund Modernization <laughs> Act, which basically right. legalized propaganda in the United States. Legalized government propaganda. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and uh, you know the whole the whole thing is just madness. Uh, he, of course, he's going to say this stuff, 
And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised by any of it, uh, but it, it's, it's sad. It's really sad for me to see people, uh, you know, on social media and stuff. Uh, they'll, they'll continue to push this idea that we do need to censor. They'll say things like, well, we can't have false information out there. And it's like, well, what, what do you mean by that? Like, you, you can't even define what that means. Like, your definition of false information is everything that's not mainstream. Yeah. So it's like, you don't, you're, I mean, anyway, yeah, people get it. You know what? You guys get it. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Do you remember the, uh, the big debacle around um, the Da Vinci Code? Were you? I, yeah. I mean, I remember yeah, some of it. You remember? Uh, there's. I'm kind of seeing a little parallel here. And let me work through it here. Working yeah. through it live. So the big problem with the, you know, the big hubbub about the Da Vinci Code, the Dan Brown book. Um, you know, they came out and uh, in the the work of fiction, it's a novel. Okay, this is not a. You know, he didn't write a theological treatise or anything. This was a thriller novel, a fictional piece of work, right. where he kind of uh, put out the ideas that oh, maybe Jesus, you know, had a wife and had a kid, and you know, there's some other things here and there that were uh, you know pretty blatantly not Christian doctrine, and Christians all over the world. Got Got really, you know, really upset about it. Mm-hmm. You know, got really upset about this this work of fiction, this novel that was not claiming, nor was it at all, a work of you know, sort of theological um, statements. And you know, I, hey, I remember at the time. Of course, I didn't really like the idea of. Uh, somebody putting out false statements about Jesus out there as if it was the first time that it had ever been done. Right. It was based, uh, based on the book, The Holy Blood and Holy Grail, which was out 1982 was when that book yeah, was published. So it wasn't even an original idea. No. I mean, these ideas that Jesus, you know, had a child had a child and a wife and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, those ideas have been around for decades, thousands, if not even centuries. Yeah, it's it was basically since, the whole thing, I mean, yeah, it goes way back. It's not a yeah, new idea. so it wasn't new stuff. But, uh, you know, Christians, we, we got really upset about that. <laughs> we were <laughs> banning the book and telling people not to read it. And I even think there were some protests and maybe even some death threats to Dan Brown about that. Whether that was uh, fake news or not, we'll never know. But um, that that's kind of what this reminds me of, is like, we can't have... When you talk about false information when it comes to Obama and what he's saying here, what exactly is false information? Is it somebody just saying something you disagree with? And the idea, the thing that came to my mind is like, oh, okay, well, if you want to put out any counter narrative to the official government explanation of truth, you know, you could hide it in a book, you know, hide it in a novel instead of us coming out and, uh, you know, doing a podcast about what. Whatever, you know, the podcast that we do, we would have to work it all into fiction and spread the ideas that way. And then we could just say, oh, it's just fiction. What's, what's the deal? It says right there at the front, this is a work of fiction. Um, and then we could hide it that we would have to turn Canary Cry News Talk into a radio drama <laughs> where, you know, we're not reporting the news. This is all just nonsense fakery. And then they'll leave us alone. But the point being, 
is even that. I mean, if you have a ministry of truth, when you when you talk about 1984, I mean, they are just getting rid of everything. They didn't they didn't even want the ideas out there floating around. And that's really what Obama's saying here. He doesn't it's not that he doesn't want alternative facts. It's the very idea that an idea would exist that counters, uh, you know, some sort of federal narrative would yeah. need to be squashed uh, in order to whatever, keep the peace or something. Yeah. And what, what would that look like practically? I mean, the article mentioned it, but if Trump actually put something, I mean, he complains about the fake news all the time. Imagine if he actually put together a whole board that squashes you know, arrests people that. Yeah, I mean, like Trump's the president now. He could do that now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I, well, I mean, I think a lot of people would cheer if you know they they arrested Jake Tapper or somebody <laughs> or Brian Stelter or whatever they had perk right. walks, and I mean, everyone would cheer and go crazy. But then, you know, uh, Biden or Kamala or whoever gets in next, who's a Democrat, could literally use the same thing to arrest. Like you and I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's, that's kind of the the idea here with, with, uh, you're talking about the lack of foresight in terms of Obama here. Um, I don't know. This is just over the top and, but not surprising. So keep an eye out. Just say what you want to say, man. Like, does he not (laughs) even realize people saying things I disagree with? (laughs) Does he not realize that, you know, he, he himself can say this because of some of the freedoms that you have to speak. Well, and ain't that the thing, huh? (laughs) Imagine that you hate the country so much that allows you to hate the country. Yeah. Yep. If this were any other country, you wouldn't even be allowed to hate the country. I know. Now I don't, I, of course I know there's other countries that uh, have equal free speech uh, things in place. I don't mean any other country, but there certainly are countries that uh, they would lock you away for some of the things people are getting away with here. Yeah. And that's the way I like it. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's take a break. Did you want to touch on this as a story that you have in here? The or second it, thing? Yeah. Is this? No, a, I'll do that after the break. After the break. Okay. Yeah. There right, we go. It's break time. Come on. Take a break. Come on. Take a break, everybody. Okay. So uh, we are going to thank a few of our producers as well as look at art and some fun things like that. But uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere because after the break and just a few minutes uh, we're going to be taking a look at Klaus Schwab and his uh, Twitter trickery and Klaus Schwab is the head of the IMF of course he's there um, sitting with me on the live broadcast uh, during the show there but uh, after that we're going to be getting an update on deepfakes and uh, what bank experts are worried about in regards to deepfakes and of course at the end everybody's favorite uh, Nephilim update so stick around but before that uh let's continue on with this little break here gons let's see what are we gonna do we're gonna start are we thinking producers is that the first thing we do yes okay thank you for the correction i'm losing control of my vr hand here it's okay i'm 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 looking at a we just got an email from youtube saying Uh that they're updating youtube terms of service Oh, great. That means uh, we are retroactively uh, in breach of some sort of agreement, I'm guessing. 
Um, yeah, this is, are we going to have to like delete this. a video from four years ago? Maybe, but here's what's worse. We, we always talk about how we don't play ads on anything or whatever. Mm. Uh, so th- the summary of the three changes, according to this facial recognition restrictions, uh, you can't collect any information that might identify a person without their permission. So, okay. That was there before, but I guess they're tightening it. And this one, YouTube's right to monetize. YouTube has the right to monetize all content on the platform and ads may appear on videos from channels, not in the YouTube partner program, which means even if your channel's demonetized, YouTube has the right to play ads on it now. Oh my gosh. That is really messed up. YouTube. That is so mad. And of course you, you, you wouldn't see any of that. No, 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 no. The creators won't. What is, dude, YouTube is killing themselves here. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Well, I do know what they're doing, but they're, this is just another step in the wrong direction for YouTube. What is the point? Why would anybody create, why would anybody create on YouTube if YouTube was going to monetize it and not give them any of the, the cash? Yeah, uh, there you uh. go. Wow. Great news. Well, all the more reason why we want to thank our producers for this show. And if you're new, that's right. I said producers. We are on the value for value model, which means that uh, we don't show ads on purpose. We don't read ads. We don't uh, we don't advertise at all. I mean, advertising is all wrapped up in the big brother uh, machine, big data, privacy concerns, etc., etc. And not only that, it incentivizes Gons and I to consider you, dear listener, as a commodity to be traded uh, for, you know, good old american dollars for our own personal gain and uh the idea of you know gaining your trust and your attention for the many hours a week that we do this show and then turning around and selling that to a big corporation sounded pretty twisted it did not sound like the right thing to do and uh so we've never done it and we don't plan on doing it and it's probably been our worst business decision we've ever made but that's okay at least we can sleep at night and indeed we can and um, I don't know what we're going to do about this YouTube thing. If they start playing ads, that's just going to hurt my feelings. Um, but instead, we ask uh, that if you, dear listener, find any value in what we do, uh, you have the opportunity to put some value back in. It truly is the wave of the future. I mean, for too long, we've sort of uh, relied on big corporations, advertising firms, uh, things like that to decide the value of a piece of media and look at where that's gotten us. I mean, advertising really is one of the uh, most destructive forces. Uh, you can do that's what the social network, not the social network, social dilemma, etc., etc., echo bubbles, all that stuff. It's all uh, in the horrible place that it's in because of advertising. It's the whole point. It drives the whole thing. And so we have uh, tried our best to disconnect ourselves from that global theology of advertising and big data. And uh, we, we promote that idea. 
Um, especially for people who, you know, like to get alternative news or alternative outlets uh, instead of ascribing to the mainstream media. I mean, even the mainstream media, you watch cable news or something, everything you see there is based, uh, all the information you get is based on uh, who's advertising, who's going to uh, pull their advertising uh, if they don't, you know, stick to a particular storyline. Of course, there's some, you know, big government involvement, but more than anything, they're just about the money, babies. Um, so anyways, there you go. If uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again, uh, becoming a producer of Canary Cry News Talk is not just a, a nice thing to do, a very generous thing to do, but it's also taking your own media future into your own hands. Because if you don't do it, uh, advertisers and big media is going to do it for you. And we, nobody wants that. So um, when somebody decides to support this show, to break away and rebel from the global theology of advertising, uh, they are uh, actively fighting against some, some of the big forces in the world that uh, are, are bringing, bringing, bringing us to our knees in a lot of cases. Uh, so we want to thank some of these producers. And they are producers. It's not just charity. It's not just... Uh, you know, throwing a couple bucks because you because of this or that, but you become an actual producer of the show. And this is the real world, baby. You can put it on your LinkedIn, put it on your resume, give them uh, our email, canarycryradio at gmail.com, and we will vouch for you. Um, so there you go. Okay. Uh, the first way to become a producer is to go to patreon.com slash CCNT. And don't worry, folks, this is going to be a very fast uh, producership segment. Um, go to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. And you can sign up there at a bunch of fun levels. And uh, there's various rewards and things there. Uh, but most of all, you get to sleep well at night knowing that you are supporting uh, some independent Independent media. And let's see here. Over on patreon.com slash CCNT, we have one upgrading producer. And that one upgrading producer is uh, producer Dylan. Thank you very much, producer Dylan. Whee! Thank you, producer Dylan. That's right. And Gons, this is going to be even more exciting. Over on uh, patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio, which is our other show, our. Um, interview style show uh, you should definitely check it out if you want to round out the canary cry worldview there we've got one producer there as well and that is producer dylan double. that's right double we got a double producership from producer dylan so thank you very very much producer dylan for uh giving us something to talk about during this segment and uh, we hope uh your soul is lifted by breaking away from the shackles of advertising now if you don't like patreon that's okay you can head over to canarycryradio.com support canary CryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great way to become a producer. We've got PayPal options. Uh, there's a monthly producership option as well as, uh, you know, uh, a one-time producership in any amount um, if commitment's not your thing. So make sure to head over there. There's also cryptocurrency and stuff like that. Gons, who do we have coming in on the PayPal? 
PayPal producers. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five PayPal producers. And one mm. got in just at the last second there. But we're going to start off with Jared. Thank you, producer Jared. Thank you, producer Jared. And he mentions coming soon, lighthouse.com uh, with three eyes. So L-I-I-I-G-H-T-H-O-U-S-E.com. Yeah. Coming uh, mid-December, he says. So okay, look out we'll for have that. to check that out. Lighthouse.com. There you go. Thank you, producer Jared. We also have producer... Oh, by the way, producer Jared, creative on his uh, gift amount, $20.30. Oh, for 2030. Yeah, pretty good. Agenda 2030. Yeah. Uh, we also have producer Josh. Thank you, producer Thank you Josh. Thank you very much, producer Josh. And he has a note here. Hello from Pennsylvania. My name is Josh. I wanted to thank you guys for all the quality work that you do. I have been an avid listener of the No Agenda Show. Oh, hey. For years, and I have been searching for more content to consume in such a crazy time in this world. I stumbled across Canary Cry News Talk a few weeks ago, and I was hooked right away. There you go. Uh, I really love the familiar format, and I also appreciate the Christian-influenced outlook that you both provide. Keep up the great work. By the way, the eleven the, his donation was $11.19. 11.19 donation is for my 30th birthday on 11.19, if you don't mind oh. giving me a birthday shout out. That's right. We will. We'll, should we do a, we'll, we'll do a whole birthday segment. We'll and do a birthday so segment. Ha- happy birthday to you, Josh. And we'll also mention you during the birthdays. Yeah. That's fun. Is he the first one who's mentioned that he's uh, come over from No Agenda? He may be. Well, he I might feel be like one of the there first was one, per- one other person who mentioned it. I think that it was mentioned in a, a one of the reviews, but I don't think we've had a producer. Oh, right. Well, you know, that's what I love about, uh, well, that would, that's what gives me hope about Josh here. He's, you know, only been listening for a few weeks. And of course, coming from no agenda, the progenitor of the, uh, value for value model, he knew that only, even after, uh, only three weeks of listening, he had to become a producer. So thank you very much, Josh, uh, in the morning to you. There you go. Some insider no agenda speak there. Uh, okay, next up we have producer Tracy. Woo! Producer Tracy, and you know the the numbers that we're getting, we're, we're mentioning it here because they all pertain to something. Yeah. And uh, Tracy uh, supported us with fifty two dollars, and here's her note: I just celebrated my fifty second birthday. Mm. Another birthday. Wow, two birthday donations in a row. Yeah, eleven seventeen, which was yesterday, and wanted to start uh, another producer trend. Producers give a birthday gift on their birthday in the amount of their age. Ooh. For example, since I'm turning fifty-two, my producership today is fifty-two dollars. Wow. Well, thank you very much, uh, producer Tracy. And of course, that is uh, mom with a sword and shield in the chat. Yeah. Thank you uh, very much. And happy birthday. Happy birthday to producer Tracy. And also, uh, if we're going to go with the, uh, I like producer Tracy's version of the birthday, self birthday gift better than Josh's. Uh, Producer Josh, because producer (laughs) Josh gave us the uh, $11.19. 
But uh, if he if he went by the Tracy standard, he would have to give us thirty bucks. So just to- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I I still give Josh credit for of coming course, in. I'm still very proud of Josh as a uh, no agenda and Canary fun. Cry News Talk producer as well. But also thank you very much, producer Tracy. Um, Mom was sword and shield in the chat. I hope that's fine that I mentioned both of those. All right, who's next? Next up, we have producer Lacey H. Producer Lacey. Coming in at $33. Take him back at 33. Thank you very much, Lacey. And I think Lacey, you know, I did a little post earlier today because the uh, producer ship was quite low today. And I just sent out a little message that said, hey, just message for the producers. Uh, Producer ship's a little low. If you're you're thinking about being a producer, now's the time to do it. And uh, Lacey was the first one who came in. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, made it just in time here, producer Brandon. Thank you, producer made Brandon. It, Brandon. And uh, you know, I really love this. Everybody's coming in with their own amounts that have relevance here. This meaning, is, yeah, yeah. This is very cool. So he came in with twelve dollars and thirty cents, and he his message is Daniel twelve three, and they that be wise shall. Uh, I'm sorry, they that will. Uh, I messed that up. Sorry. Let me try it again. Daniel 12, three. And what they are you, deaf in one ear or something. I'm, I'm just not good with the, the KJV. I, I, I struggle <laughs> oh, with the KJV okay. translation and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So that is the message from Brandon. Thank you very much. Producer Brandon. Um, yeah. Feel free to share scriptures anytime. And I'm sure that people are going to start busting out like, the the original KJV OG style, so I stumble <laughs> just to all hear over you my yeah, just to hear me stumble it. all over. <laughs> but uh, there you go; those are our PayPal producers, a good bunch today. So appreciate all of you producers out there, along with uh, producer Dylan from Patreon. So thank you very much. Uh, you can also support us with crypto, uh, CanaryCryRadio.com/slash/crypto for that. Uh, we have no knights and dames for this episode. We have no jingles. That's the other way you can support the show with your producership is with your talent. You can send in jingles or send in music, uh, but also you can send in your art. One art, please. <laughs> and we Woo! have a good collection of producers who came in with their art today. I want to start off with producer Grace. She is the quote machine. She takes uh, things we say, Basil, and turns them into art. And for today's piece of art from Grace, uh, it's a Gans quote. Your eye of Sauron is messing up your brain. <laughs> Very well now done. I got two eyes of Sauron. I know you doubled up. Yeah, it really was messing up my brain. I've just been kind of had a messed up brain the past couple episodes, I think. <laughs> You're taking the but hits. I always got a good reason for it. Yeah. I mean, now you're now it's the the uh, uh, eye of Sauron has turned into your to your ear. Now it's attacking your ear. It's it's just getting closer to your brain for real. I know. Better, Don't worry. Better. I'm going to switch back to regular googly eyes soon, folks. Don't get used to it. Yeah, we need to get. Uh, yeah, we need we need to pray for Basil here. He's just <laughs> surrounded <laughs> surrounded by enemies. Yes, well, very good. Thank you very much, Grace. I, again, we love the uh, the quotes. The quote art is fantastic. Yes, thank you very much, Grace. Next up, we have 
artwork from our prolific artist, Ali. Ah, yay. Gazelle and Bonds in the chat. And, and this is a deep one, folks. It is. You, you got to be kind of a veteran. You've, you need to have been listening for at least six months to fully <laughs> appreciate this, but I will walk you through. This is fantastic, Allie. So this is, uh, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is Stab Man Part 2. Uh, it's not gout, it says. <laughs> so that's good to know. We all need to know it's not gout. No gout here. So the the legacy of Stabman uh, started out, uh, first of all, with the dinosaur noises where I was transforming uh, into a, a dinosaur, a lizard person. But you'll notice that I'm holding a, a narwhal horn. This was in reference to, uh, we were talking about, there's some sort of terrorist attack, a knife attack, I believe in london but maybe it was paris or something on a bridge um yes oh yeah it was on london bridge a guy was running around with a machete and he was stopped by a good citizen who stabbed him with a narwhal horn i don't know where they got the narwhal horn this is a real story this is not uh some like improv bit or something this was a story we read on the show and of course thanks to my uh my recent toe injury we see now stab man not only does he have the reptilian eye growing where one googly eye used to be but uh the pain in my toe was apparently my foot uh going through the transformation into reptilian man and we've uh, we've got monty three down there sniffing my little dinosaur foot so thank you very much ally the the saga of stab man continues uh i feel like one shirt you know like that image the the evolution image where it's a uh -huh. uh, monkey all the way to man with yeah. everything in between uh i feel like there could be a shirt put together with the evolution of stab man stab man or basil just transforming more and more into a reptile i'm she looking she calls it part two, but I there's been a there's been at least three stab mans. Yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm realizing how how deep you've gone into the rabbit hole here. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to baptize you or something just just to clear yeah, things I'll get, out. I'll get back to normal soon. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you got your reptilian foot toe thing yeah. happening. Your hands are T Rex hands. Your eye. Yeah. I mean, it's just you're a mess. It's the real deal. It's, it's the real. It's a hard life it's turning hard into life. a reptilian. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Allie. So keep, thank you very much, Allie Gasoline Bonds in keep, the chat. Keep up the great work. And the next piece we have is from Lloyd. Lloyd gave us this piece called New World Order Slave. Yeah, this is great. Um, so it's a it's a head it's a head of a man he's got the uh, the what is that the United Nations map uh -huh. uh, the the flat Earth map stamped on his forehead with a a uh, barcode bar right beneath that he's got his hypnotized eyeballs swirly eyeballs uh, that says don't think mm -hmm. uh, and then a, there's a caterpillar coming out of his nose for some reason I mean it makes sense when you see it uh, that says just and then obey in his mouth there so don't think just obey he's got his ear tagged um cow says 101 is that what it says okay yeah. yes he's got his uh his cow tag and coming out of his left ear depend his left ear our right ear of his he's got an antenna coming out kind of a Neuralink uh transhumanism type connection there going on nwo slave uh, canary cry community oh dutch weirdo in the canary cry community that's great and the king's kid in the twitch chat ah 
Ah, I see him. Good job. Thank you, the King's Kid. And he sent this message. It's from Lloyd. He says, Hereby I deliver a piece of artful artwork to you, dear gentlemen. Thanks for the great podcast. You're in my prayers. Thank you. Send uh, to you from the Netherlands. Ah, a.k.a. Sodom. (laughs) Parenthetical, where the Dutch people live, Basil. Thank you. (laughs) It is the Netherlands is where the Dutch are. And uh, we've officially identified the Dutch in the uh, in the chat there so thank you very much uh the king's kid in chat lloyd and dutch weirdo over on uh, canary cry community very good yes thank you very much uh producer lloyd keep it coming and um let's move on here to the next one which is from oh which one should i do here let's do producer jeff Producer okay. Jeff, uh, who sent in some alternative logos. We've been getting yeah, some this logo is fun. Work. It looks very professional. I think he's a professional logo maker. Yeah, I've liked this. We sort of just kind of like uh, secondarily just kind of me- mentioning that we do kind of a rebrand every five years. And so we've had some very talented graphic artists uh, send in some some logo concepts for us. And he's got a few uh, great ones here. Let's see. Do you have all of them on at once? Yes, I do. you do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast version here, um, let's see. Number one, we've got a Canary Cry News Talk logo. It's uh, this great integration of the canary inside of the sea. Very clean, very modern looking. Loving it. Number two, it's <laughs> this one's fun. It's like a it's like a microphone. Um microphone canary mix it's a it's a chimera (laughs) canary microphone very good and then he's given us some uh some different alternative backgrounds and coloring and stuff but uh that's very fun i'm really really pleased that some uh logo designers have uh helped it it's have started getting into pitching us ideas i mean we know now we have some uh great professionals who uh know what they're doing so gans i think this next rebrand is really going to uh really going to be easier on us yeah. and probably <laughs> yeah. more effective Definitely. on the public as well i'm thinking um again i'm just going to mention it now uh i have not started posting on our instagram but we do have i do have access uh, I'm going to be posting all the art over there on Instagram, but that might also be a great place to discuss um, some rebranding. We can really get producers, and I know it, it gets kind of spooky. I know if there's any graphic designers who are listening right now, they're like, oh, don't get the public involved in picking a logo. That's a nightmare. I get it. But, uh, you know, we're a family here, and we've got producers all over the world. So it's always nice to, to hear people's opinions, and we'll, we'll develop something we were already getting people in the chat saying i like number one i like number two oh, that's so. good i'll have to scroll through and see what we're looking at yeah all and right. he had a little message here. Oh, yeah. Jeff said, "Loves the sh- love the show. Been listening since 2013. Wow, a veteran. I'm an art- artist, graphic designer, and friend of Sam Swanson. Oh, great. Um, from uh, Handsome Young Ladies is his current band. Sam's actually done a guest uh, host on this show before. And, of course, when he was doing God's Property Radio, we, we kind of came up in the podcasting world with Sam. So, uh Nice to hear. Nice to see his name here. Did some design work for his Handsome Young Ladies project and his new Slave to Servant uh, singles, which, Gans, you played on some of those Slave to Servant 
singles, didn't you? I I did. Yeah, I played some guitar on some of them. So cool. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So thank you very much, producer Jeff. We're gonna consider these. I think uh, we'll just get a collection of uh, yeah. We'll potential start a logos. conversation for sure. Yeah, we're getting enough now to we can so we can start comparing and and whatnot. So very yeah. cool. Thank you so much. And moving on here, I wanted to thank producer Mark. Producer Woo, Mark. Thanks, came, producer Mark. Came in with a uh, a flippy, a flippy, uh, <laughs> flippy voting machine rigging robot. Yeah, that's great. This is fun. It's, uh, you know what? And it didn't even occur to me how spooky the name Dominion Systems is yeah, for our voting it is creepy. software or and hardware, I guess. The, the Canadian company Dominion Dominion Systems that has all the contracts for electronic voting, of course, under very close scrutiny right now. Uh, but we've got a D- Dominion Systems brand flippy arm there uh, with a nice... Uh, uh, all seeing eye in the triangle and it says presidential election 2020 vote flippy the amazing vote rig crossed out counting robots and of course it looks like flippy here is oh there's a big stack of trump ballots and uh flippy is doing a very good job of putting all the trump ballots in the trash and uh, only counting the biden ballots so dominion systems uh the very talented uh, technologists over there and another way that flippy is uh interrupting all of our lives and let's see producer mark says here in light of the alleged ongoing election fraud news we all knew flippy would be involved somehow you are correct producer mark thank you very much thank you producer mark and lastly we have uh was yeah one more and this is i think this is your favorite basil (laughs) 88 coming there in with go. some more swole art. <laughs> yes, 88 is back in the mix. I'm so happy you came in at the last second there, 88. I was kind of th- thinking as we were setting up the show, I'm like, oh, haven't seen any art from 88 recently. But this, here we are. This is beautiful. I, I take that back. He, he comes in about at least once a week, which yeah. is totally fair. So I'm not calling you a slacker, 88, but I'm very happy about this. Again, I keep getting more swole. <laughs> I just keep getting more jacked. This is obviously in response to my conversation about steroids uh, last episode. And again, thank you, everyone, for your concern and your very nice emails t- learning me about steroids. Again, I'm not planning on taking anabolic steroids. I just had a question. And uh, I appreciate everybody uh, caring for me. So thank you. Uh, but yes, for those who are listening, this is the most swole that uh, Basil Canary has ever been. <laughs> got, you got veins. Full Super Saiyan. <laughs> And uh, on the left, we've got some speech bubbles from off off uh, frame here. It says, oh, no. So it starts with me. I say, I can stop anytime I want. I just love the taste, which is a classic uh, addict excuse. (laughs) Apparently in this one, I'm addicted to the steroids. I look uh, (laughs) frazzled, but beautiful. (laughs) And then off to the side, a speech bubble coming in saying, but I thought you inject them. (laughs) Yeah. Again. I obviously don't know anything about steroids, <laughs> so this is what happens when uh, Basil tries to take steroids. But thank you very much, uh, uh, 88. Always a pleasure to 
to see myself in the in the way that it's for other people to see me in the way I see myself. Yeah, very good. Okay. Thank you, producer eighty eight. And uh, I've seen some people in the chat saying that they released the Kraken. We'll do a little search on that because uh, if the Kraken yeah, was released, then uh, yeah, we'll see. But um, yep, uh, that's pretty much it for. The- I do want to give a shout out to yeah. someone huh? in the chat. Let me see if I can grab their name real quick. I think their name is. I think it's Kyle Sport. Kyle Sport, Kyle's Port, something like that. Uh, he mentioned in the chat that he ordered the Canary Cry Swole tank top Ooh. off of uh, Canary Cry Merch Perch. That's right. So he's going to be looking good with his Canary Cry Swole tank top. And a good way to let everybody know, head over to Canary Cry Merch Perch. It's the exclusive supplier of Canary Cry News Talk and Canary Cry Radio Merch, uh, run by producer Dust. Uh, uh, very charitably um, he created the website and puts together the merch and all the merch is sold at cost so it's reasonably priced but you get the opportunity uh, to tip the webmaster which please please do he's uh, being very kind by uh, running the whole thing um, and also I mean he made the cost at cost so he's barely even trying to make money off of fellow canarians but please tip the webmaster because it costs money to do this stuff uh, you can also tip the artist which is also a good idea or you could tip uh, gons and i if you'd like um, but canary cry merch perch your family run establishment for canary cry uh merchandise so go check that out yeah and, oh it's uh, canarycrymerchperch.com there it is canary cry merch perch and Um, i I will take the quick second to answer the question from specter eel who is a twitch uh follower how far are you guys from getting verified with twitch uh we 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 were able we had the opportunity to become a partner many months ago specter eel but um we could not sign the exclusivity agreement that twitch was asking for although however now that youtube is gonna be monetizing our videos without giving us money i don't know we'll see if that happens or not but if they do that would be a uh, a check mark in the uh, the pros and con list for becoming a twitch partner um so right now our twitch is not monetized our youtube is not monetized nothing is monetized we only have our dear dear producers so you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support if you'd like to support the show. Yes. And uh, just wanted to thank uh, Javel Vorsenik for doing the timestamps again. And I, yeah. I, we found Did out you? who Javel yeah. Vorsenik, their the, the real identity are we allowed to give that identity or is that, a, is that a purposeful secret identity? I don't, yeah. See, I don't okay, want to Okay, well, dox. I know who they are and yeah. they are here now. So they can have the opportunity to uh, show themselves and tell us if they would like us to reveal their secret identity. Um, I will stall for a couple of moments to give you the opportunity to do that. But otherwise, we'll keep it secret and maybe we'll uh, send a little... Um, email back or something. Remember, folks, when you when you give us information on our email, you need to 
let us know if that's something we can share on the show. We are very sensitive to privacy issues. Um, <laughs> somebody is claiming to be the person uh, who is not. Okay, there you go. <laughs> they, they gave it up. All right, I'm not seeing anything from that person, so we will find out. Oh, yeah, there they are. They say sure. It is Allie. Ali, uh, the artist, uh, Gazlin Bonds, uh, Javel Vorsenek. So Ali is not only one of the most prolific artists, but now she's doing the timestamps or has done. I'm not going to expect her to uh, uh, do it every time if that's not what's uh, on her plate. But she helped us out with the timestamps. And you heard today um, that the timestamps were very important for a particular person. Wait, did we read that on the air or was that off the air? Oh, that was off the air. It was somebody that was oh. commenting saying that they, uh, yeah. they're unsubscribing. Well, we got, and, yes, and, we had a very angry person telling us how they are unsubscribing, but they were very happy that we were somebody was doing timestamps so that they didn't have to watch our awful show. Uh, but they did, <laughs> they did jump around to the timestamps. And that is all thanks to uh, first it was that night when, but now thank you very much. It's Allie in the chat. So another thing to be grateful to Allie for. Yeah, one of our uh, most prolific producers in multiple yeah. ways. And one of the youngest, and one of if the not youngest. the youngest. Yeah. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that, but I'm just very impressed. All right. Do you want to do a quick birthday here so we can get yes, back to work? Let's do the birthdays. All right. So this is for uh, producer Jared, producer Tracy, and UNESCO. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Happy birthday, producer Jared, producer Tracy, and uh, (laughs) public enemy UNESCO. (laughs) All right. I think that's all we have for the break here. Are you ready to... uh, I'm ready. Let's wake up. Let's wake up here. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okie dokie. Just before you go into your Klaus... Klaus thing here. Um, this is breaking report by Chuck Costello. Sydney oh, the Powell. Kraken. Yeah, Sydney Powell receives sworn affidavit from high-ranking military officer claiming Smartmatic was designed to change votes without being detected. Do you feel the Kraken okay. yet? Read that again. Sydney Powell, who's a lawyer, mm-hmm. receives okay. sworn affidavit. Okay. Excuse me. From high-ranking military officer claiming Smartmatic was designed to change votes without being detected. Okay. Yeah. So a sworn affidavit from a high-ranking military person. Officer. That's yeah. something. It's That's something. not nothing. It's better. But uh, it doesn't it does not mention that it was used in the 2020 election. Well, Smartmatic was definitely part of the was it? Yeah. So I, okay. I'm not well, good. Somebody send us some more stuff here. Well, uh, the Kraken has been released, so we'll see uh, what happens. If this is, is this just one tentacle? Are we going to see multiple tentacles of the Kraken? Well, there should be. There should be at least eight. But uh, maybe by Friday's show, there will be some actual firm stuff for us to talk about there. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. Um, you wanted to talk about. Well, I just wanted to mention. Klaus. Yes. Klaus. Klaus Schwab. So uh, there was something floating around there, and I, you got that image I sent you. 
Ooh, oh no. Um, oh yeah. You got image. that image that I sent over to you? Uh, actually, I did, but I didn't pull it up. Hold on. Oh, I, I think I can find it. it. I can pull find it, it on my because um, I re- I responded to this on Twitter a while ago. So okay. Maybe. Yeah. Try to pull it up. Um, so yeah, Klaus Schwab, who is the, uh, I forget what his actual thing is, chairperson, or he's head of the, uh, the IMF. Um, oh shoot. Was it the IMF or the W? Well, I'll just read the thing here. So I found this outlet called Anti-Empire, uh, which is obviously just somebody's sort of blog here. In fact, um, I did want to look at the the people involved in this website, Anti-Empire, and this guy named Marco Marjanovic. Mar- Marjanovic. Uh. Um, and I'm not really sure what to think about this guy. He ran the Crappy Town blog uh, on the Balkans, Eastern Europe, Western interventionism and history, contributed to the Voluntarist Reader Libertarian Anarchist Group blog, contributed to the Libertarian Liquidationist Libertarian Anarchist Group blog. So just a kind of a, he's like a Russian guy. Editor, he was the editor for a Russian Insider until 2019 so yeah he's somewhere over there in the eastern Bloc or russia um it's kind of an anti-government guy uh but he he did kind of catch on to this uh, klaus schwab thing that was going on and i wanted to have a conversation about just general because things are crazy right now uh with all sorts of quote-unquote information and krakens and uh things like that and there was this tweet going around allegedly from Klaus Schwab um, it came from a Twitter account I was at underscore Klaus underscore Schwab no blue check mark or anything not that that really means anything nowadays um, but uh, oh that is so small I can't quite see hold on I'm gonna pull it up oh I bigger. see what you're doing yeah you got I a had whole to, thing going I on. had to yeah I had to pull it in from that's why I sent you the image why well, okay. I know but I gotta pull I guess it I in can just pull from... up my own image here and read it um give me a second so I just wanted to have a short conversation about as we're in this crazy time, we need to be aware that, you know, if you're a conservative, the left are not the only people susceptible to uh, believing fake news uh, or, you know, being manipulated by an outside force for whatever reason. And it's really kind of one of the most concerning things uh, that I see with kind of the fringy people is, and I, I find it with myself. I see it with myself all the time is you see someone tweet something and it automatically becomes a part of the uh of your your viewpoint or your mindset and so there was this klaus schwab tweet that came out the world economic forum are working with the biden administration uh yes so the wef the world economic forum are working with the biden administration to ensure that most people will survive the coming food shortages Citizens that have up-to-date vaccination documents will receive regular packages of plant-based protein products, (laughs) which I immediately was like, 
Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Of course, Klaus Schwab is tweeting this. They're, they they have no reason to hide any of this anymore because people are going to be so excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it just took a, a couple of moments to do a little bit of deeper diving to figure it out. This Klaus Schwab Twitter has since been banned. <laughs> They've been suspended. So I guess they... Uh, they they were got enough attention where Twitter banned them. Um, but let me go over to this uh, uh, anti-empire um, blog here because he, he he they did a great job bringing it down. It says the spoof Klaus Schwab Twitter account is brilliant deconstruction. Oh, I love that. It's, it's actually written like a Russian language thing. The spoof Klaus Schwab Twitter account is brilliant deconstruction of our self-imagined patrician class. But please stop citing it as if it was actually Schwab. By now, I've seen entirely too many people raging against the tweets of this spoof account as if they were really talking back to Schwab. The account has no blue check mark and was created last month. It's a satirical deconstruction and unmasking of Schwab by someone who has studied him and his ilk closely. And keep that in mind, because that's part of the whole thing here. It is brilliant, hilarious, frightening, and basically spot on as to what Schwab really thinks, according to a friend who studied him but real schwab it ain't uh, which is a great sort of uh american turn of phrase uh for a, a russian uh blogger schwab isn't going to lower himself to the point where he is talking to you on twitter and while schwab and the modern parasite would would be patricians are by no mean wise by no means wise people, they do have just enough sense to know they can't be quite this open about their misanthropic, technocratic, elitist agenda. Not if they actually want to get anywhere with it. And then it has some tweets here. It has the one that I just mentioned about the protein, <laughs> plant-based protein products. And it talks about current UK restrictions are in place for all our safety during this unprecedented pandemic COVID-19. The one exception is for those who need to travel abroad for assisted dying purposes <laughs> another one is due to mandatory social restrictions single people are finding it more difficult than ever to meet each other as the global population is currently not hashtag sustainable <laughs> and birth rates need to fall this can be viewed as a very positive outcome of the covid19 pandemic I'll just go through a couple more here because they're fun. There will soon be seven people, seven billion people on the planet. Can the planet take the strain? Hashtag COVID-19 and further pandemics may be nature's much needed coal. Access to open green spaces should not be an inalienable right. Tougher trespass laws will reverse the damage that walkers are doing to the countryside. <laughs> In the post-truth age of fake news, there is one man in the United Kingdom who the people will have confidence in. Mr. Hancock will implement laws to prosecute anti-vaxxers and deploy the coronavirus vaccine so people are protected, etc., etc. And there's all sorts of stuff um, there. So, uh, oh my gosh, I just remembered what I wanted to talk about with Obama. It took me reading this Klaus Schwab parody account to remember the problem with Obama. Oh, no. What is it? Um, it okay, so it was about postmodernism. Okay. Um, 
you know, the, of course, postmodernism has been uh, a prevailing academic and uh, socialite uh, thinking process over the past, uh, I'd say most strongly the past 50 years, um, but it's been around slightly longer than that. Um, and postmodernism really is the the embracing of subjectivity that nothing is objective everything is subjective you can you know anything can be truth if you say it the right way uh, and something can be true even if it's not and it's really kind of led to a lot of the deconstruction of spiritual thought in the last 50 years and stuff um, and really brings the concept of truth into question. And it's inherently sort of a liberal mindset and has really been pushed by liberal academics and uh, thought leaders and celebrities over the past, you know, half decade or more. And it's funny to see, you know, Obama coming out and saying we need truth police because <laughs> it's due to postmodernism that nobody believes in truth anymore. Yeah. I mean, I would say if anybody <clears throat> believes in truth, it's conservatives, um, you know, uh, believes that there is an objective, objective truth, truth, you know, yeah. for instance, like, a, uh, you know, um, a, a biblical worldview, you know, believes that there is an objective truth. It's really the liberal mindset. That's this postmodern uh, truth is is uh, is malleable mindset that has really created this sort of truth uh truth edemic uh the, the the destruction of truth in modern times which now you have the mainstream you have obama and other politicians and you have uh all these generally good liberals talking about how the destruction of truth is destroying our world which has been a conservative talking point for like 50 years yeah um so it's a, a, another one of these switcheroos that's been going on and which and part of me thinks maybe it's been on purpose because you've got this push for postmodernism and liberal thought to destroy objective truth. And now that objective truth is sort of practically for all intents and purposes in the secular world, true objective truth has been destroyed. And now Obama's coming out and calling for truth police. So. Uh, it's kind of created, again, this Hegelian dialectic of creating this crisis, which is the lack of objective truth, um, and then being able to bring in your solution, which is federal <laughs> federal truth police that will, uh, you know, they've destroyed truth so they can build it up in their own federal image almost. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Very good. Very good points made there. And okay. um, good. bringing it back to the uh, Klaus Schwab thing, uh, I actually did retweet this back on the 12th of November, and my whole thing was, I can't tell if this is a troll account or not. The satirical tone of reality is confusing me with uh, when it comes to the globalist agenda, because, yeah, I mean, you can tell that it's kind of trolly. I didn't see all these tweets. I only saw the one that you had mentioned. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if, you're just, if you just run into one of them, you're like, oh, snap. They're telling it right out in the open. But then you realize, like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> this doesn't seem legit. It's too uh, much. It's too, it a little, a little too, much. too much, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, the point, there, there's that point to mention how 
And we've talked about it a lot too, where what was strictly satire like a decade ago is, you know, regular headlines now. And so that's the thing. The tweets don't seem that crazy compared to what a lot of even academics and scholars and politicians are saying. Now, this Klaus Schwab account did not actually seem that spoofy. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying is that it's 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 spoofy enough to I think if you're really paying attention to every single tweet made by this guy, then, okay, yeah, something's up. Uh, There's a couple in here going through the list where I'm like, okay, yeah, probably not really you know real person or whatever or the real uh schwab but yeah but if you just again like i did run into just one it's kind of like oh weird (laughs) weird that they would say all that yeah well uh, and that's but even knowing i mean they've been saying that stuff right like the video that they recently had to take down the video was literally saying in the future, in this utopia, you won't even own a car. You couldn't own one if you wanted to. You'll own nothing. You'll rent everything and get everything delivered by drone. Ooh. And this was before COVID, obviously. So, like, the idea of getting everything delivered by drone is like, why? And Klaus, Why would I want that? Klaus just keeps getting bigger. He is looming large. <laughs> I see the chat. Yes. For those who are just listening, the uh, picture of Klaus behind oh, no, me he's is, gonna... is great. He's, he's really getting close to me. He does, he's not happy with our assessment of the situation. Yeah. Okay. So we can move on if you want. That was just something I wanted to mention. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's along the same lines here in a way. Uh, but we have a deep fake story. We are indeed fake. This is the morning telegraph. Okay, hold on. Tone it down, Klaus. <laughs> bring, bring Klaus down here. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be keeping an eye on the chat there. Oh, um, interesting. Basil's actual wife in the chat said, "I just got an extreme virus risk emergency alert." Um, we just reported on that story a couple episodes ago, how they are going to be using the Amber Alert system yeah. for extreme virus risk emergency alerts. Yeah. So apparently those are starting to go out. Yeah. And uh, the I think his name is the Ice Age Farmer was mentioning um, something about the a cyber pandemic. Yeah. That's going to get out there. All right. So, Maybe we'll talk about that on Friday. Yeah. All right. This article says uh, deep fakes have the potential to disrupt financial markets, not just fake your bank ID, experts say. Experts have been sounding the alarm about weak biometric data security for years. <laughs> weak biometric data security. Weak. Uh, the problem has looked especially pernicious in China, where facial recognition is now a ubiquitous form of identification. Now the rise of deep fakes could be creating new problems, experts say. Despite widespread concern about technology, which allows a person's likeness to be imitated through audio and video, there are few real-world examples of hackers successfully exploiting it for monetary gain. Mm. One of the big concerns has been the idea that deep fakes, quote, uh, to date mainly known for their use in celebrity nudes, could be used to trick facial recognition systems. So far, there's little evidence that this is something that scammers can uh, easily pull off, but some are concerned about other potential problems related to deep fakes that go beyond just personal security to possibly eroding trust in the institutions that handle our money. Get the latest uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, quote, there is an additional problem that deep fakes create, said John Bateman, 
a fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace who researches cybersecurity in the financial sector. Quote, that's not the threat of deception, but the threat of distrust and cynicism where people start to automatically assume things are fake because it's possible to create a deepfake. While Bateman says it is extremely unlikely that a deepfake could cause a market crash in an advanced economy with mature financial markets, sowing distrust comes with other pitfalls. It could, for example, contribute to existing anxieties in the financial crisis, especially in less developed countries that already have a high level of distrust, he said. If consumers start to worry about the security of their bank accounts, it could cause a bank run. Maybe people working in cybersecurity are also thinking about these problems. In a survey of 105 chief security officers published by biometric authentication provider iProve in January, <laughs> 77, 77% said they were concerned about the potential impact of deepfake video, audio, and images. The most cited threat was the fraudulent author- authorization of payments and transfers, according to the survey published by biometric authentication provider iProve. <laughs> It's spelled I-P-R-O-O-V. That's why I keep saying that. <laughs> While real threats may be rare, it is not purely theoretical. In one unusual case last year, fraudsters used artificial intelligence-based software to fool the CEO of a UK-based energy firm over the phone. The CEO mm, thought he was wow. talking to the head of his German parent company and wound up sending uh, €220,000, that's about $242,000, to what he thought was a supplier. The deep fake audio impersonated the boss's voice down to his slight German accent. Oh, wow. PWC partner Cocktingan said threats posed by the technology are to be expected. Quote, whenever there's new technology in place that's commonly used, that creates an opportunity for the hackers to take advantage because that's where they can earn money, said Gan, who calls himself a hacker by profession. Some companies are already moving to reassure people that deepfakes do not present a problem for their systems. After a face-swapping app called Zao went viral on Chinese social media in 2019, mobile payments platform Alipay sought to uh, allay fears about the technology. Quote, There are currently many types of face-swapping programs online, but no matter how lifelike the results are, it is impossible to break through facial recognition payments, the company posted on Weibo. Alipay is one of China's most widely used mobile payment apps and owned by Ant Group, an affiliate of South China Morning Post parent company Alibaba. Because of widespread appeal, it has begun targeted. Uh, it has been targeted by hackers. Uh, and it kind of goes goes on here and talks about some of the history of it here. Uh, let me get to uh, in China. Public attitudes about biometric data are already changing. In a survey of more than six thousand people. In 2019, more than 80% said they fear facial data leaks, and 65% were worried about deepfakes. As with other technologies, though, it may take years before the public becomes broadly aware of the problem. As Gan pointed out, it took more than a decade for people to become aware of the problems brought by social media platforms. Once seen, uh, once seen a boon to people looking to stay connected to friends and family, Social media is now widely criticized over concerns about user privacy and misinformation. Uh, so there you go. Um, uh, you know, when it comes to deep fakes, you know, we've talked about deep fakes in the context of, hey, it's going to trick your, uh, your friends or, you know, uh, misinformation. It's going to trick the, make it seem like the president said something or an actor said something. 
but we haven't really thought about it in terms of biometrics. And uh, maybe we've touched on it, but not so much in terms of, hey, uh, if you're using your facial recognition software to log into your bank account, you know, how can deep fakes maybe mimic that? And how can hackers take advantage of that? And mm-hmm. that's a whole nother level of problems when it comes to you know, any kind of biometric uh, authentication in general, especially when it comes to you know, scanning your face, which is something that if they can pull off uh, is not so... Because uh, you know that was sort of the the way it was promoted to us. Like every face is unique. You know, you can't really fake a face, but that's like the whole point of a deep fake, right? Is to fake a face. <laughs> so right. Um, but you know, the example of the the guy who was duped by a f- deep fake voice generator. You know, sending money. That's that's really the concern here. Is you know having it taken advantage of innocent people. Uh, based on this technology so yeah well it really is a concern i mean it's already a big scamming uh uh industry, industry calling people's grandparents right you know, i you remember call, that yeah did i did i tell that story on you here did. i don't you remember did. if i you did yeah did. so uh, about once or twice a year my grandpa will get a call claiming to be me and I'm in jail and he needs to wire my bail money. Uh, luckily, my grandpa's a smart guy and he, uh, he always hangs up and calls my number directly uh, to see if I'm in jail or not. But, you know, yeah, it is concerning if if somebody. Oh, and then the thing, the way they explain not sounding like my voice, they always go. Oh, <coughs> I've got a little bit of a cold, grandpa. <laughs> I don't sound normal. So please wire me eight thousand dollars. <laughs> as if my grandpa would wire me eight thousand dollars but um but yeah so there you go but now with a, a voice deep fake which it would be very easy to get of me here obviously um you know it's just you gotta make up the code words with your your loved ones there so they know that it's not you yeah yeah that sounds about right uh, we got one more story here to wrap it up. It's getting kind of late on my end here. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do this it. quickly. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. This was, uh, I thought this was interesting on multiple fronts. Funtrivia.com on Orthodox Christianity. Question number 33. Ooh. The Ethiopian Orthodox churches used a printing of the Bible, which contains a small number of writings called the Apocrypha, meaning hidden. These are books which certain churches accept as part of the Bible and others do not. Of the following books, which will you see in the Ethiopian text, but not in the King James Version? And the answer, do you know the answer, Basil? (laughs) Well, I know it because I'm looking at it. Okay. The answer, Jubilees. Jubilees dated to the second century BC. Among its stories are those of the creation of the angels and the birth of the Nephilim or giants born of union between angels and humans. It is sometimes referred to as the book of division. And I've never heard that before. I've never heard the book of division, uh, but I I thought it was interesting here that they would mention Jubilees as the source of the idea of the birth of the Nephilim because it's in Genesis six, <laughs> you know, it's in the very first book. It's you don't need some book. apocryphal text. Yeah. Oh, so. it looks like a bunch of people in the, uh, 
in the uh, chat knew that it was Jubilees. Interesting. Oh, very good. Good job. Smart you know, people. Smart people. Smart people listen to this show. Smart people. But yeah, it happens to be question number 33 too, which I thought- Question 33. <laughs> good catch, Gons. <laughs> I thought was interesting. There's your Nephilim update for the day. And Okey-dokey. that's about it. There we go. We did a show. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in, watching live. And also, those who are not watching live, if you're coming in after the show has posted uh, either on the podcast feed or some other place, thank you for continuing to return to uh, your dear old Canary Cry News Talk. And I will mention right off the top here, we will be back on Friday, uh, November 20th. Friday, November 20th. So, uh, uh, we're still shooting to be on sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to turn on notifications, uh, put it on your schedule, tell your secretary to remind you. Um, you can just hold this up. Hold on. Here, I'll do this for you. See, hey, Siri, set a reminder for November 20th at noon to listen to my best friends, Basil and Gons. There you go. So those who have Siri enabled, uh, don't worry. I got it for you. Um, Other than that, thank you so much for those who produced today's show. Uh, We could not do the show without the continued support of our producers. And that's uh, that's very serious. That is not just a nice thing to say. Uh, As you can as I mentioned, uh, we're not getting paid by anybody but our producers. Um, So we thank you very much. And that's just because, Gons, we have the nerve of being uh, of not being brand safe. And we're going to keep it that way, folks, because we're not here for the brands. We're here for you. And we hope uh, in exchange that you could be here for us. So make sure if you've been thinking about it, we know it's uh, that time of year where a little extra scratch is needed for Christmas presents and stuff. So don't worry if you can't become a producer, that's okay. We still love you. But if you are able to uh, spare um, some producership, you can head to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk, as well as heading over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. Dot com slash support. If one more person says I have gout, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> That's right. Canarycryradio.com slash support. You got PayPal, cryptocurrency, all sorts of fun ways to become a producer of the show. And uh, there you go. Thank you to all of our artists. If you're an artist out there and you want to get some uh, art on the show, and also I swear to you, dear listeners, I will start posting these. Um, you can find them on our social media, but you can also find our art on canarycrynewstalk.com on the show notes there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, But if you are a musician or a tech person or an artist or a graphic designer, create create some art or a jingle or maybe a song um, and uh, they'll all make it onto the show. Make sure to stick around. At the end of the show here, we will be playing the Canary Cry mixtape, which is a bunch of really cool music created by producers for the show, uh, singing about all kinds of things, robot girls, robot boys, people zoo, all sorts of fun stuff. So stick around for that. 
Uh, you can send all your art and your songs and your jingles to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Make sure to do that as well. Um, and here's the thing, folks. Can continue to leave ratings and reviews. Uh, There's still some sort of backup. They're not showing up on iTunes yet, but I'm confident we can break through the wall leaving ratings and reviews. It uh, convinces the iTunes robots that we are worth checking out and shows people the show we have never heard it before. And that's very valuable. Other than that, go ahead and share an episode on your social. Put it on your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook, whatever. Spread the word because uh, there's people out there who are looking for new and exciting ways to uh, learn about or at least explore and analyze the news of the day. And a lot of the news they may not have had the opportunity to uh, hear. So there you go. Very special thing sharing the show with people. Or, uh, you know, if you got friends and family who are starting to wake up in your life and they need a good place to connect three times a week about that go ahead and send them an episode you know the fa- the face to face the mouth to ear <laughs> why can i never remember that <laughs> word of mouth is a great way to spread the show and if you need any other uh instructions here's what you do you just walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, folks. Just ask Noah. Again, remember to come back here Friday, November 20th. Be here or be square. That's not how it goes. But Gons, any last words? You don't have gout. I have I no gout about it. <laughs> Stop it. Epony plays in the chat. Put your right foot in. Take your right foot out. Put your right foot in. And you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all a gout. Stop. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in again. But until then, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.
Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. <laughs> That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt. A joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. LSD. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know. Give me a shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin, get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. (laughs) All right, weird.
Zoo. 